Hello, and welcome to episode 1131 of The Sleeper in the Bus. It is Friday, January 27th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, decent morning to you, sir. I've got some bones to pick with you. How you doing? Uh, I have, like, gotten two hours of sleep, and it is effing freezing in my office right now. Um, I got my heater cooking. Yeah, I, I turned on my insane. heater uh, before we started, but I turned it off because uh, I'll sometimes flip the breaker while I'm out here. So That makes um, sense. You got the computer, you got the heater, you got everything running. Yeah, Been there. So Been there with it, space heaters, for sure. If all of a sudden I just stop talking, it's either exhaustion or I've frozen <laughs> over. All right. Well, I hope you don't freeze over. Um, but I am, you know, I'll, I'll keep you warm when I burn you with some of these pigs. okay. Boy, I am angry with you. You got some. You got some rankings here that I got some. I got some beef with. But we're gonna get into it. So we did outfielders one through thirty according to ADP. You can go over to the uh, NFBC website, click on draft champions, um, and go from the first to the twenty fourth. Um, that will give you. That will give you a, a follow along there with what we're going off of here for outfielders today. We're gonna get through thirty one through 80. So it's a bit more robust. We're packaging some guys together. We're not going through every single one individually, but let's let's just jump right into it because this guy's at 31 now. And if I had told you, I guess back in what, just, just as recently as 2019, that this guy would be the 31st outfielder off the board, you would have laughed in my face and said, well, what are you, stupid? It's Christian Yelich. And obviously, we know that injuries have played a big role. In fact, he had a big injury in that season that prevented him from a second straight MVP, perhaps, when he played only 130 games and still hit 44 homers, by the way, um, and led baseball with an 1,100 OPS. I mean, it's two brilliant seasons and then struggles since. But is Christian Yelich just his Miami self now? 14 homers, 19 steals last year. Did stay healthy, 154 games. The average was a bit lighter than it was in Miami, but it f- feels kind of like he's maybe just back to that level. Where do you currently stand with Christian Yelich? I mean, I guess there is a world in which he relays, uh, re-raises the launch angle, um, and we see maybe not 40 home runs, but like, you know, 30. Uh, like I, I mean, I could, see, I could see a world in which uh, he does that, but – I mean, he also feels like, you know, those seasons were aided by some juiced balls. Um, he was 19. Yeah, he was healthier then. Uh, and I think I think the health has been kind of just a major issue uh, for kind of his swing mechanics. Um, mm-hmm. And that he's had to kind of go back to something he used to do in Miami, which was have a more level uh, kind of uh, bat path in the zone. So I don't bad, think... Bad backs I, will do that to you, you know? Yeah, I... Like I don't, I, I, I would never project him to actually like make any sort of change like that, and uh, and say, oh, this is the year he's back to 2018 or you know 2019. Uh, like I think at this point he is who he is. If we somehow get an explosion, fantastic. I don't think there's anything wrong with drafting him where he's going. I think he's yeah. Uh, I will point out real quick before you say that. We're actually quite a bit ahead of the market on Yelich, you and I. I've got him 24th. You've got him 20th. And like I said, market's 31. So is Yelich a little bit maybe of a target of yours or or at least somebody that you think you would be comfortable ending up with, if not an outright target? Yeah. I mean, I think he, um, I think he's a guy that, uh, like, you're going to get probably double digits home runs. You're going to get, you know, close to 20 stolen bases. Uh 
And I think that Milwaukee lineup has potential to be better than it was last year. Uh, I say potential because I think a lot of it rides on, you know, guys I don't necessarily really like, like Jesse Winker. Um, like actually and the health of him. Through. Yeah. And, and and other guys who kind of broke out last year are sustaining those breakouts like Robbie Tellez. Tellez. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's completely fair. So I think there is potential for it to be better. I think there's also potential for it to be worse. Uh, but I mean, I, I just think Yelich is about as rock solid as you can get from a position that at this point in the draft or in this point in the ADP of outfielders um, has a lot of red flags. And I just don't think Yelich has a tremendous amount of them at this point. Yeah, double-double with a bunch of runs atop that order, maybe some batting average upside, if not some power, if the body really got back together. But even if you just plan for for teens homers, I, I, I put 13-19 with the homers and steals and 96 runs. And mm-hmm. that would be excellent. You have 92 runs. So I think that's probably where uh, our projection takes him well above the market. So uh, we have we have a little bit of love for Christian Yelich, even though he kind of feels maybe a little bit boring at this point. Now, yep. I know last year you had zero interest in this guy because the Coors, uh, the Coors price boosted Chris Bryant pretty high. And you were 100% right. He flopped completely. And I wonder if the price drop then brings him back into into focus for you because he's now the 30 or excuse me the 32nd outfielder in the market you're at 34 so you're right there with the market but does that mean you have a little interest in chris bryant or are you still off the chris bryant train no i definitely have some interest in him because the price is depressed the problem is if he's completely healthy in spring training um and reports are that he's entering spring training healthy this year uh his price is going to go up dramatically. We it's saw it last year yeah. when he signed in Colorado uh, that like he all of a sudden became like a top hundred pick and, you know, started moving his way up to like the sixth round and stuff. And like, that was just insane, especially with his injury history. Um, and we know that guys tend to struggle with more injuries in that thin Colorado air. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely interested. I haven't pulled the trigger on him yet. Um, I'm hoping that maybe I will get him before any potential price increase because mm-hmm. I do expect him to be one. Like if he hits like three or four spring homers, oh, all of a sudden then people are just going to be going crazy. Like, oh, he's healthy and in Colorado now. Yeah, Chris Bryant. Okay, so I might be defending it a little bit because I was high on him, although I ended mm-hmm. up not getting him because a lot of people were taking him. Uh, Luckily, even higher yeah. than me. And so, you know, I kind of got protected from myself there because I liked him and I would have been burned with those 42 games. But I disagree that, like, it was out of – that it was, like, crazy that he rose like that because, yes, he does have some injury concerns without a doubt. I'm not going to sit here and pretend otherwise. But he was coming off a 144-game season with 25 and 10. Um, he did miss time in the shortened season, but who cares? We do not – if we don't count the positives for people that played well in the 60 games, I'm not – riding the negative for somebody that only played 34 and he played 147 games in 2019 with 31 homers and a 282 average juice ball. Sure. But he was going to a juiced environment. I think that there was plenty of reason for optimism that if he's giving you another 140 games, that Chris Bryant could be a monster. I think the funniest thing about his 42 game season is that he still had a pretty good line, 306, 376, 475, but he kind of sucked at home. 
He didn't do. He didn't hit any of his five homers at home. Well, he hit well. He hit batting average well, three twenty three with the mm-hmm. three ninety batting. But all five of his homers came on the road in almost half as many games. And I thought that was kind of funny that in that short sample he couldn't even pop a homer in Coors. But I mean, this is a guy who is a high quality hitter. Over his career, he's a one thirty four WRC plus. Chris Bryant, I still think could have a huge season. I do agree with you though that if you really like him, you should probably take advantage of some winter prices. Because once spring gets going, you're absolutely right that if it's boom, he's hitting 400 in the first 10 games or whatever, just because, you know, getting a bunch of base hits or whatever, it's going to put him back on people's radar and he'll start pushing up, pushing up. And before you know it, he's a, you know, top 25, 20 type outfielder. I I would think uh, that could possibly happen with a big spring from Bryant. So I wouldn't necessarily say I'd be 100% out on that because of outfield, but I, I, I maybe should be careful about getting suckered again because he does have health concerns. Um, all right, so that's Chris Bryant. Let's continue to move on here. You, speaking of health, and you do have health concerns about some guys, but you seem to trust Anthony Santander to stay healthy. He had a big season, and it was a, a, a big health spike in particular. Interestingly, he had a big power spike when everybody else in Baltimore was losing homers left and right. The switch hitter popped 33 homers in a career-high 152 games after uh, a previous career-high of 110. So are you buying that he can stay healthy, put up another 600 or so plate appearances, and uh, and continue to be a power threat? Or do you have any concerns about Santander's health? Um, I mean, there's always going to be some concerns. Uh, I didn't factor a ton of them into the projection. That probably is why he's, he kind of stayed up there. Uh, you know, the, obviously the part doesn't bother him as much as a switch hitter because he gets to, you know, bat lefty so often. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and he's just got, you know, real kind of manpower. Power. power. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, I think they're going to try to DH him as much as they can to kind of try to help him. And they did last year. He DH'd in 34 games, uh, you know, and that'll kind of try to help him stay, uh, stay on the field. I'm less likely to get him this year, unfortunately, just because, um, like, I was so far ahead of the market oh, last yeah. year. Um, you know, I, I was really, really uh, big on him. I think I had him as, like, a top 40 outfielder uh, when everybody else had him as, like, in the 60s and stuff. So, yeah, I'm probably less likely to get him this year, especially because he's going at the higher price. You're he still up there, though. Am 24 I? versus 33. Okay. So I'll probably get him in a few leagues. Uh, he just doesn't run. Like, yeah. and, uh, you know, one of the things I really noticed towards the top of my ranks is how much speed really, like, helps or hurts guys. You it know? really pushes you up those ranks there. You know, you, you have your few standouts like Trout and Alvarez uh, and Schwarber and Aloy But even, like, Alvarez, like, I, I'm, I'm – I'm waiting because my, my outfield ranks went up today. I'm waiting for people to yell at me for the Alvarez. Right? Well, yeah, because relative. Ninth, I, so. I was going to say relative to everyone else, you are pretty low. I was just saying that he's one of those guys that does have the low SB total that still ranks pretty high, but not necessarily for you. Yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I did notice that. Wow. I have him fifth. You have him ninth, which is a big difference up at the top there. And mm-hmm. you're right. Like we've talked about this a few different times about we're seeing how small differences can make big impacts on the projections when we're doing these by hand on the uh, the Tanner Bell sheets, smartfantasybaseball.com, 17 bucks, mm-hmm. absolutely worth it. And you don't have to hand put them in. There's already a set in there that you can go in there and just tweak the guys that you want. Justin and I are choosing to go player by player and do the entire thing. But if you just want a sheet that is ready-made, 
to go into a, a draft 17 bucks. And, and you can use other right. people's projections as well. Exactly. Uh, like, you know, if you want to input ATC or you want to input the bat, you want to you want to aggregate a few of them. Like there's a lot of different ways you can do it. So exactly. it's really cool. So yeah, Santander, you still like him. Um, I, I don't dislike him. I think you, you're just a little bit higher on some of the outputs there, particularly with the 90 ribbies and even a bit better of a batting average than I've got. But I still like him for 32 homers and a 244 average. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely not out. And if my speed is can, you know, set, then I'm down to take Santander, try to get that power, and hope he stays healthy again. Can Ian Happ pair the 21 homers, that, or not 21 homers, sorry, the 2021 homer total of 25 with his 2022 average of 271 and have like a dream season? Do you, do you see any real potential for that? I know he can, but I guess what is your potential of that? Because, again, this is another guy we're both high on compared to the market. 36th outfielder off the board. He's your 26th, my 23rd. So what do you think about that combination of 2021's homers with 2022's batting average? I think the batting average might be a little bit difficult. Uh, you know, I mean, he had a 336 Babbitt last year that kind of it's pretty robust. pumped up that uh, that batting average. I mean, his XBA was 239. What was my your XBA, though? Uh, my XBA was that. zero. Yeah, so you um, talk about everyone else's, but you so never every hit I zero. got was lucky. Um, didn't get a lot last year, though. Uh, so... Uh, I gave him a little bit higher of a, of a batting average than like the 239. I went 257 on him. I still think he can get 20 home runs. I still think he can steal. Uh, you know, I have him for nine bases again. So, like, I think he's going to be uh, totally fine. I think, um, you know, it's a contract year. So, if you buy into it's a, you know, contract year stuff, maybe he does kind of have an explosion type year. Uh, but, I, I think at this point he's just kind of underrated because people expected more from him. Um, and I think people still have this idea of like who he was supposed to be and now who he is. And they're like, and well, he's, know. he's been, he's been fine. Like he's been yeah. totally fine. Um, I think people saw the first home run of, of the first pitch. Yeah. People of that, of that season and, and was like this podcast, 75 home runs. We, we got him right, yeah. dude. We texted was, each other, high five it, bro. We freaking nailed that, dude. <laughs> God, we're so good at this, man. We're awesome. The first homer of the season in Miami, and mm. we're at. We literally took a victory lap. We are the biggest dumbasses in the universe for that. Wait, wait, were we wrong? <laughs> yes, we were oh, wrong. My bad. He was okay that year, but he did not end up that because that was the second year. That was after the twenty seventeen. Mm -hmm. And so that was in 2018 when we were like, oh, he's really going to pop off this year. And he was worse than yeah. he was the year before. So, yes, we were absolutely incorrect. And it's just that one sticks in our brains forever because it's so funny. But, yeah, I also don't quite have him all the way up to that batting average. I did get him to 264 with 25 homers. I wonder if maybe, you know, and we, we have no idea. So we keep kind of batting it around about who's going to take advantage of the steel stuff. If somebody like him, like, like um, Ian Happ, who's been an eight, nine type guy, if he takes advantage of it in the form of just adding like four or five, that could be a big value difference for him. Even though it only feels like, you know, oh, it's only four or five steals, but those extra chip-ins from guys that you're not expecting it from can be big value boosters. So if he went like 25, 15 this year, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised. It's not what I projected. I'm sorry, I got dog hair in my mouth. That's the uh, travails of having dogs. But um, 
I, I, I like him to just be kind of a, you know, 25 and eight, I think is what I got him for. And I would love if he could maybe just take a little bit more advantage of those steel uh, possibilities and maybe get up to 12, 13 for Ian Happ. And that would be pretty fun. He's on the, one of the teams that could do that, right? Like um, the Cubs have been uh, maniacs on the base paths mm-hmm. uh, kind of since uh, David Ross took over. Um you know, they, they were fourth in the major leagues last year in stolen bases. Uh, and they don't have, like, any, like, major burners on this no. team. You've got the Nico Horners of the world and the Seiya Suzuki's, like, guys with a little bit of speed but not a ton. Yet they, they're, you know, they're just stealing a ton of bases. So uh, I think he is one of those guys that, like, could have, like, a surprising, like, 15 stolen bases. And you'd be like, hey, where did that kind of come from? That'd be huge. For Ian Happ. So stay tuned for that. And don't, again, don't project it, but in the back of your mind, know like I could get a little extra here and take care of some some uh, shortcomings elsewhere with steals. Is there a 40 homer season in Hunter Renfro's bat? Um, he has been a pretty consistent 30 guy. We'll give him credit for it from last year. He only hit 29, but 31 the year before that, 33 back in 2019, but 140, 144, just 125 games last year. I mean, he might have had 40 if he'd have played. It's been the health, though, and it's been persistent. 144 is the career high, um, only two seasons at 140 or better for Hunter Renfro. So I understand it would need to come from the health. I guess the question to you directly then is, do you believe that he can actually stay healthy? Or at age 31, do you just live with this guy being a 130-game type guy, Hunter Renfro, in L.A. with the Angels? What do you think? I mean, I projected him for exactly 130 games and 30 home runs. Like, I just... I think at this point he's shown who he is and now he's going to an angels team that has a lot more pressing guys to put at the DH spot. Like I, you know, I, he might get a few DH games in this year, but it won't be very many when Otani's going to be there full time. When Otani's not there, Anthony Rendon, yeah. Uh, who knows what's going on with Jared Walsh at this point? Oh my like, goodness, I'm nervous about him. Every time they bring in a new guy, I'm like, oh my god, did, <laughs> it's, Jared, did Jared Walsh die? Like, yeah, it's it's because uh, it's to take more PT away from Jared Walsh and like protect that he might not yeah, do much. Of yeah, yeah. This you have to wonder, like, is he even going to play at all at this point? You know, I mean, we just have no idea how thoracic outlet uh, surgery. Um, has affected him, uh, especially and affected hitters just in general because we just don't have any data for that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as Renfro goes, I think he's like totally fine where he's going. Um, I, you know, I've pulled the trigger already on him once this season. I feel like people kind of overlook the fact that he's a pretty easy 30 home run bat. Uh, and then, especially in your like daily moves, um, you know, leagues like you can backfill him when he doesn't play. So yeah, you can cover uh, the Renfro uh, gaps there because I agree. Probably going to just be a 130, 135 type. I got him for 133 and 30 homers. So we're in lockstep yeah. there and not too far off the market. He's 35th in the market. You're 36. I'm 32. So maybe a few extra runs and ribbies for me that that boosted him. But for all intents and purposes, we have him, uh, Hunter Renfro, the same. All right, you piece of garbage. No. The fuck is your problem with Harrison Bader? That's not what I put on the rundown, but I changed it. Uh, before before we jump into this, uh, while I'm thinking about being a piece of garbage, 
Uh, I want to retract something I said in the last podcast. Oh, yes. Harris the second, uh, because I, man, I can't remember the last time I got so much pushback on saying something. I said something along the lines of uh, Michael Harris's defense isn't good enough to keep him in the lineup if he's struggling offensively. And in fairness, I don't think I challenged you. I think I just kind of accepted it, not really thinking about it. I, I don't, I didn't have a read on it one way or the other, but the folks did. What did they yeah. think, Justin? Yeah. Um, so and they were right, by the way. Yeah. Apparently, uh, you know, I was looking at his minor league kind of scouting reports, and then just what I've seen in the limited times I've seen him play defense. Um, and apparently, he was very good defensively, and yeah. all the metrics back that up. So, um, and I, you know what? I, I'll admit it. I was wrong. Um, Clip that, y'all. Yeah, uh, and I appreciate everyone who reached out to me via Twitter or commented on the uh, the articles post for the podcast uh, over on Fangraphs, um, or like who sent me mail and faxed me. Um, <laughs> I got a yeah, I got a telegram. Um, <laughs> I I had to telegram for Justin more. Mason, sir. <laughs> it has been seen I, that Michael Harris the second is a wonderful defender. <laughs> All of a sudden, in the middle of the night, here. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, um, I messed that one up. You know, yeah, I, I was happens. wrong. And, I, and like I said, I do appreciate when people reach Me out. Too. Um, Me too. Me like, too. It might sound like we're joking, but no, when we get something wrong, I want to be correct. Yeah. I don't want to be out there putting out garbage information. So, again, I didn't correct you. I didn't have a read on it either. So, I was just like, I think I just said, yeah, yeah. And we kept moving on. And then the chat was like, wait a minute. You yeah. boys, you boys done yeah. messed up. 92nd percentile of outs above average for Michael Harris, 89th and outfielder jump, 89th percentile in outfielder jump, and 95th percentile in arm strength. So hell of a foundation he's laid. It does run counter to the projection or to the uh, scouting report where he mm -hmm. was a 50 with a 45 future because you, you degrade with speed. So that was the projection there. I'd say he played like a 60 this past year. And if he keeps that up, Obviously, he can have his struggles against lefties and have some regression, and he would continue to play regardless and, of that. And obviously, like I mean, I don't, I don't think this gets kind of like repeated enough because, uh, like, we take like Statcast stuff, like you know, as like Bible and stuff. Yeah. Uh, defensive metrics suck normally, but when super all of noisy. The, when all of the defensive metrics are like in line, it gives you a better snapshot. Um, you know, and so, uh, for, so for my mistake, I apologize. And I, again, I do appreciate everybody reaching out now, as far as Harrison now, Bader goes, chat, attack him for this too, because yeah. this is some horse shit here. Let me set the stage real quick before I yes. let you bury yourself. Harrison Bader is 38th in the market, which I've seen some people have some real pushback on, by the way, you're not the only one here, but, oh, really? uh, yeah, but they don't have him at 68. You freaking jerk. Uh, I'm a big Harrison Bader Stan, so I'm on the complete opposite end here. I got him 26th because I got him having a big season, a big breakout. And I understand about the health that you're going to bring up, but you got him 68th, and you know it's coming because you wrote it up in your in your piece today that people are going to have a stroke. And right here, having having said stroke, 68th, you got him for 450 plate appearances, 13 homers, 16 steals, 247. I guess it just comes down to you don't believe that he can stay healthy and have a good season. I know he wasn't great in the 14 games with them. I don't care. That was kind of coming back from the injury. Uh, obviously had the huge playoff. I'm not basing this off of that either. Like that, that doesn't move the needle that much for me for Harrison Bader. I really liked him in St. Louis. 
I've been kind of hoping for him to stay healthy. He does not have a 140 game season yet, but I really like the upside here, even in like 130, 135 games because he is power speed, but you got him 68th. Explain yourself, sir. Harrison Bader, what's going on? I mean, what one, I, 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 I thought I'm going to, I'm going to start answering your question by asking you a question. Are you upset because I ranked him 68th or are you upset because I didn't rank him 69th? Both. Okay. If you're going to hate, at least be funny about it. He he had 313 plate appearances last year. And again, I ask again, how many did you have? (laughs) (laughs) Do you see me on the outfield list? Fair. Okay. Fair counter. You know? Okay. I I, I cut the list off at 150 on fan graphs because it was like 300 deep, and I still wasn't on the 300 deep. Um, (laughs) He had 313 plate appearances last year. He had 401 plate appearances in 2021. He had 406 in 2019. 427. Like, like, I understand people like believing and witch casting. Like, oh, if he gets to 600 or if he gets to 550, like he's gonna be a monster. And I don't disagree. Like, if he plays 550 plate appearances, I think he like realistically has like a. I don't know, a chance at like a 2020 or maybe uh, even a 2030 season. I was like, say like, yeah, uh, 20, 2025 type season for Harrison Bader. I, I could definitely but, see that. But he has, to, I, he has to play. He has to play. Yeah. To I mean, play. honestly, it's a, it's a bit irresponsible to project him for playing time that he's never been able to get to. Um, but that and happens I don't all think, the time. Yeah, but you can't project it. But you, yes, you, you, can't, you can't predict injuries either. We, so. Here's the thing. We had this exact same conversation last year on this exact same player. Like, I could literally, and I might, and then pull the and audio. Then you broke, and then you put plantar fasciitis in his foot. Yeah, absolutely. So like, I put a thing, plantar though. fasciitis tack. You planted under, it in yeah, his foot. So, yeah. But here's the thing, though, and this is with not just Harrison Bader, but anybody. Like, what are these injuries? These are None of them are repeat. So how are you supposed to know that he's going to get plantar fasciitis that like takes up the whole season? Like just because he got it right that like he got another injury, I don't know what that does for us for the future. So if if we think that the foot is right and he finished the season upright, dominating in the playoffs, again, that's not influencing my projection all that much. Five homers in the playoffs. I'm not taking that from Harrison Bader and saying this is why I love him. But like I don't see anything in this injury profile that tells me that I should be completely afraid that he can't get 450 500 plate appearances and that's not even a full season like that's that that's still leaving some time some time off now i did go higher than that i will freely admit that in my little wish cast but um even at 450 i I would be higher than 68th for harrison bader and i'm just wondering like I understand. I also, I also want to point out like 60, like the difference between 68 and like 39 isn't mm-hmm. as big as I think we would make it out to be. It's still like six bucks though on, on, on your dollars like that. You know, yeah. that's, that's something I, I get it. Right. Because then if he got to 525 again, Harrison Bader, we're talking about, he would all of a sudden be, but you, you can see my full projection, right? Yes. What part of my projection are you objecting to? Because I gave him, I gave him four and fifty plate appearances, which is more than he's ever done. I, well, the, you know, the SB home runs. Sure. 
I would say the SBs then even in 450 because yeah, you did give him 450, which like you said is is a career high. He averages. Oh god damn it! That didn't strengthen my argument. Never mind. Fine, maybe it's right. Like I mean, it's like I I don't I don't feel like I'm out of line. Like I'm not like burying the dude just to bury the dude. Like I I like, you said he was a stupid ugly idiot, and I said he that is a stupid bear. ugly idiot. No, he's not. He's a, he's a handsome devil, but he had to get rid of his awesome hair. See, I would never go to the Yankees if I had good hair. I got shit hair. I could be on the Yankees. I want I, someone to just be like, no, no, I'm not <laughs> doing it. If I had hair like his. I ain't going to the Yankees, bro. Do you think there have ever been like trades like that have been completely nicked? Gotta be. There's gotta be. Like I want to hear that story. It's like, like you I can have, trade me, I'm, but I'm not cutting I'm not my hair. I'm not shaving this beard. Yeah, I've had this beard since I was 18. Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. Or somebody that, like grew out their hair. You know, freaking my dad had cancer, lost his hair, so I grew out my hair. I'm not getting rid of it. like something like that. Like, what would mm-hmm. you tell that guy? No, I would be like, okay, fine, we won't trade you there. But if I had his golden locks of Harrison Bader. Nah. Such a stupid thing, too. No, no, I know. It is so stupid. Um, there's no shot I'm cutting him. Honestly, okay, I'm looking at this, you know. It's, I guess I'm just surprised that even 13 and 16 for the homers and steals only puts him 69 or 68. And I told behind you, the, difference between, the difference between a few stolen bases is huge. Um, now, I can... I can see the argument that, hey, you know what? He stole 17 bases and 30 to 13 plate appearances last year. Um, why why not give him like 20 stolen bases? And maybe I will. You know, maybe maybe I need to maybe I need to bump up the stolen bases even in the limited, you know, kind of plate appearances that I do have. Um, but like ultimately I, I stand by my projection for him. Like he um, you know, maybe I tweak it a little bit to give him a little bit more speed. But I don't, I, mean, I don't, you know, oh, wait, I was going to say, I don't think I was overly harsh in his projection at all. All the other projection systems have more point appearances. ATC okay. Is 510. That's the, Let, let's talk about this because I know one, the bat and steamer, it's, they use they're, they're, charts. they're all incestuous. So it's all the one thing. And, yeah. Well, it's all based so, off the one thing. Like right, people right. should realize this because it's not something I really well, yeah, realize. Yeah. Don't say like Derek thinks he's going to play 130 games. No, he These are not the, Derek's and, playing. And times. same with yeah. steamer. They give yeah. the rate of what mm-hmm. he will do per game or anybody will do per game. And then we put in our depth charts, but we're only putting him for a hunt Bader again, who we're talking about still for 130 games, which is not crazy. You know what I have noticed here that I'm a little bit off on. And I think that I, I, I want to say, I think I'm doing it better. So like we have him for 4.3 plate appearances per game based on f- 560 for 130 games. That seems high. Because I have an article here from our own very website that uh, – let me pull it up in a moment. Because I don't think he's leading off. I don't think Harrison Bader's leading off. So I have a Joe Douglas article. It's from 2017, so it's a little outdated, but I don't think it's changed that much, about plate appearances by lineup position. And if you're batting in the lower portion of the order, starting at 6, it's 4.1, 4.01, 3.9, and 3.77 plate appearances per game at 6, 7, 8, 9. Why do they have Bader for 5.3 plate? So I I almost think that these plate appearances are too high for the games that we have him. Yeah. Because I got 550 plate appearances in more games than than we have. So yeah, because I, I, I have the same amount of games is is like 
the projections on fan graphs and I am 450 plate appearances. So I, I don't um, know where those come from. And I'm a little suspect of those. If I'm being honest, based on the auto new article, it's an auto new, it's called auto new one-on-one plate appearances by lineup spot. So it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with auto new specifically, but it is a plate appearances by lineup. And again, 2017 was probably a better offensive environment. Those numbers have probably come down. So I don't even feel bad using something that is five years old or six years old at this point. Um, and I just think that that runs a little high for things. Whenever I look at these projections, I'm like, you have that many plate appearances in that many games that, that, that maybe they are high. projecting in the lead off or something. I, like, I guess because I, that, that's, robust. I don't, I don't see a guy with a 4% walk rate and a sub 300 OBP. I will say that, off. Well, it wouldn't make sense if if Fangraphs depth chart had him leading off because roster resource doesn't. However, who is leading off then? Glaber Torres, which is who roster resource currently has, and no shade. Barry I mean, Jason. here's the thing. I don't here's agree with thing. that. I think you know. Again, I, did, I had a really fun podcast on the Yankees yesterday with uh, Sammy from the Catcher's Corner uh, mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, so definitely go check that out on the FWFB podcast. I think this lineup is just changing all the time, and that's one of the hard things about like you know, what Jason Martinez has to do for Ross Resource is like, you know, he's putting out what he thinks is probably the most common lineup. Um, But like, there are some teams that are like just changing their lineup on a daily basis. And like certain guys, you know, obviously Aaron judge is going to hit where Aaron judge hits and Rizzo is probably going to hit where Rizzo hits. Yeah. They'll probably be two, three. And Stan's going to hit where Stan's going to hit when he's the the lineup. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. Um, but like the rest of it's going to be different every day. Like it's you, you there's no way to like show that on no. roster resource. You do have so, to kind of guess and, and yeah. put your best guess. That, that is fair. I do um, think there's a world where Bader could lead off if he's good and healthy. It will not I, be at the he, beginning of the season though. He I would don't have believe. to get back to that. Those double digit walk rates of 2019, 2020, which I which believe he, he definitely could do. Yeah. Yeah. Like last year's kind of a throwaway for me. 86 games with the plantar fasciitis. I love that he closed strong in the playoffs again. I keep referencing it and then saying that I didn't put it in my projection because I didn't. What it was for me is encouragement that the foot is okay, though. And that that I do care sure. something yeah. from from for Bader. So the problem is plantar fasciitis can be something that reoccurs. It, absolutely. Other and it can, issues. It can be a real asshole of an injury. You're you're hundred yeah. percent right on that. 68's still tough. I know I'm on the high end. I did put a little extra sprinkle of, of wish casting on my projection mm-hmm. because I do believe that there's a world where he can totally break out. Probably going to come back, be more cautious with it, go like a 490 plate appearance, which is going to drop him 60 plate appearances. In fact, let me do that right now and see where that lowers eight or two, just to give you an idea, an idea here. If I widen up and I go, don't get too wish casty with your boy. Put in 490. That then moves him down for me from 26 to do, 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 puppy power 37, hmm. which would actually be I, right in line with the market. So I think, my I think the U in the market is still pretty high, but like and, and there's I, some pushback on that, but that that I don't I'm fine with the market price with a power yeah, speed I, guy like that in Yankee Stadium. Without persistent health issues from the same thing, although, like you said, the planter could come back. I do like Bader, though. I do. Okay. Anything else on him? You want to close the book there? No, I think that's fine. Speaking of health, 
And we got a lot of health guys in here. This is like a definite, these guys could break out if they stay healthy. And certain guys will. I wish we knew who. If we had an almanac, uh, you know, for the future, we could tell you who. But we have to guess now. Can we trust Brandon Nimmo and or Mitch Hanniger to stay upright this year? Because uh, they could both be big. One of them, Nimmo obviously staying in New York. Mitch Hanniger going to be with your boys in San Francisco. And the market has them at 39 and 40. You have Nimmo, you have Hanniger right there at 39 to his to the market's 40 but you're not so much on Nimmo you got him 54 so my my guess is your answer is no to that what say you about Nimmo and Hanniger's health take them one at a time um yeah I don't think you can trust either to stay healthy and I'm probably too high on Hanniger um I probably need to readjust him down to like 130 games as opposed to I think I have him 141 uh, that's exactly what I, I gave him. Or actually, I gave him 125. I played a bit cautious, yeah. but I think he's got big boy power, so he's still got 28 bombs in my projection. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have him for less home runs uh, in more plate appearances. So um, I am not very high on Hanniger. I honestly doubt I end up with him on a lot of teams. I think he's just too risky of a player in general. I, you know, unfortunately, the Giants like have all these guys that shouldn't be playing the outfield and feel like <laughs> they can't even protect him Defense at the uh yeah no i i definitely need to readjust my hanniger because like as i'm talking this out like i'm going there's no way he plays 141 games like they've got to put jock peterson who can't play defense at dh and michael conforto who um, oh my god has, Talk, like, had, we'll get to him yeah like he's a guy like who's you know got to be protected too um i yeah, like there's no way he gets to even the projection I've got for him. So I, I do think he should raise him. his power though, because he's better than a 440 slug. Yeah, yeah, sub- probably. You got, you got him for a sub 200 ISO. You can have your issues with his health with with Hanniger. He's had some fluke injuries, but he's had some some other ones too. Like this past year, you know, I think we even had the discussion last year. You're like, oh, he's not going to stay healthy again. So yeah, but he's been fluke injuries. He played 157, and of course he bounces back and plays 57 last year. It makes me look like an asshole after propping him up uh, and, and got injured the day he came back. Some guys just get hurt. Like some guys, like, yeah. don't get me wrong, like there are, pl- there, there are a lot of injuries of Hanniger's like that are super fluky. Don't mention um, that one. I can't, it don't, yeah, it don't hurt it, me. It, it's too early in the morning to talk about that. Yeah. Um, but like when a guy's just get hurt every year, like, even when they're not connected injuries, like, it just becomes a matter of, like, you know, maybe they just don't have the body for professional sports. He, um, he's every other year, though. 157 and 18, 63 in uh, t- 19, didn't play 20, 157 in 21, 57 last year. So, scientifically, it, ironclad science means he's going to play 157 this year. Yeah, the Alex Rios theory. Um, <laughs> so... Saberhagen uh, metrics, as Jason likes to say, with the every other mm-hmm. year. I think one. I think that uh, the Giants have proven to be a really, really good organization in terms of player health, um, and in kind of maximizing players who have had injury issues, uh, and kind of getting as much out of them as they can, even and more so than other teams. Um, you know, I do worry that he's got to play the outfield so much. Like, there's just like no place to hide him. Because That's a fair concern plays. for Hanniger because, like um, you said, young Jock and Conforto and Hanniger. Why do they have all three of those guys? 
Oh, because you missed out on Carl. Yeah, because we missed out on Correa and Judge and, and uh, everybody. And else. all the other so, shortstops. Mm-hmm. That yeah. money should have gone to Xander Bogarts at the very least. I know that, like, you're not. It should have gone to Swanson. Like, well, yeah, Swanson's... that ended up being, like, a really nice deal in, in, yeah. in, in the end there when we were all worried that he was going to be overpaid. And I'm like, that's actually a pretty fair deal. So, yeah. uh, all right, now let's talk Nemo then because he spiked. He's always been one of those guys that's like, Man, what if he could just stay healthy? He doesn't have a ton of fantasy juice because he doesn't run. He doesn't have a ton of power. If you're an OBP league, you've been loving him for his whole career. He's at 385 OBP. But he finally spiked another big season. He had 140 games back in 2018, then 69, which is not nice. That's too few games to be nice. Um, he played most of the 2020, who gives a shit, 92 games in 2021, and then 151 this in, in the walk year or the run year for him because when he walks, he actually runs to first base. Uh, 16 homers, 64 Ribby's 102 runs on the Mets, 274 average, and he's staying there. Can he stay healthy again, though? You did put him for another no. 600 plate appearances. So then why do you got him for 600? I mean, I – You did put I, 136 games, but you put him for 600 plate appearances, which is which is still a full season. That's well, still I mean – plate appearances – Per, per game. He's going to be lead leading off. off. Yeah, he does lead off. off and he leads so off in a good lineup. That is not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not pushing back on that number. I'm just saying that because he leads off and because he walks a ton and he's on a good offense, even if Brandon Nimmo does miss a month of time, there's a world where he can still get 600 plate appearances, which is a full season in fantasy, right? Especially with yeah, how much platooning sure. there is these days. So, do you then have some love for him, for Brandon Nimmo? I mean, uh, where am I? I I've I mean, got him 54th in the market. The market you do not. So I guess yeah, not. Like, but I'm so, more in there because like, you have even 600. In, even in 600 plate appearances, like, like the numbers suck. Like, he's like, he is a much better real life player than fantasy player. 85 and, runs? 359 yeah. OBP? That's okay. That has to go up. 359? You're 20. Yes, it does. You're 26 points lower than his career. He was 367 last year. You at least got to give him 367, but I think you got to go even higher than that. And then you got to get more runs. 85. If if he's putting up 600 plate appearances, I think he's at least cracking into the 90. Yeah, I got to lower the plate appearances. I'm not giving him anymore. Like I just, I mean, I. You might miss yeah. on Nemo. I'm not even a big Nemo guy. This is not like. I don't care if I like what I I don't know if you saw what I wrote about him on I, my I did not. Uh, I, I read on my rank. most uh, of them this morning, but I didn't see I said I could be totally wrong and miss on him, and I still won't care because there isn't enough homer or stolen base potential for me to give a shit. Um, like it's just I don't like, disagree with that. It's like an it's like in a dream ribby, season where he, yeah, in a dream season last year where he had uh almost 700 plate appearances he hit 16 home runs and he stole three bases i do not care like he, he does was other a, things right like i understand he was a that. one category like plus maybe two, two category plus two categories for sure i don't care about two category guys when they're going as high as he is like that to me is like is he going like, is that high Higher than he should be going. He was the 18th outfielder last year. You're insane. You're shitting on Nimmo way too hard right now. 102 runs. I was a Nimmo dude last year. I had Nimmo everywhere last year. How'd that work out for you? Fuck him. 
<laughs> it was his fault that he didn't yeah. have the success. Even though he had his best season ever and you didn't pay shit for him, it was still his fault somehow. I like, don't know if he how. started to run, maybe he's one of these I don't guys see that, that yeah. I don't see it either. Like I just he's also not very good at it. He's he's no. 23 for 37 in his career. So Nimmo has not quite figured out when to go or anything. I mean, again, I'm not like some super fan. I'm basically with the market. I got 15 homers, 94 runs, and a 280 average. I think he can do that. That's fine. I got a 378 OBP. Even mm-hmm. my OBP is a little light. I'm, I'm going to bump that up. I'm going to give him – well, that's higher than last year, though. And I don't know – I don't know, like – I don't want to go just off of last year because he was a bunch of 400s up there, too. He's 385 for his career. I don't know. We don't need to get bogged down on Nimmo. You're worried still about the health. I totally understand that. I'm not going to push back too hard on that. I mean, I gave him an 11% walk rate. It's not like I – That like, is that is good. Okay. Like, I, you know, I it wasn't that I, like, you know – what what's what average do you have for him then? Two sixty one. Yeah, I don't can't really so, push back on that either. Okay, well, fair enough. I, again, I'm not I'm not a Nimmo stand, so I'm not going to be sitting here telling you you got because I I I hear you on the the no fantasy juice with the power and speed. And what we mean by that specifically is that like he's team reliant and then luck reliant on his two categories. And luck we haven't even talked of, about the fact that he has had serious platoon issues at times in his career. That's also and, like true. you know like in to the point where like. Not only was he batting farther down the lineup, but he wasn't in the lineup a lot versus lefties at times uh, previous to last season. So, well, like, the last two seasons, twenty-one and twenty-two, yeah. Nimmo figured out some. some no, I mean, he he wasn't in the lineup a lot just in general in twenty twenty-one. That, that's also that's also yeah. a good point. But like I said, you know, runs you have to rely on the rest of the team, and it is a good team. We expect the Mets to be good, but at any moment, I wouldn't. Could, I wouldn't expect it to, like I wouldn't be surprised if it's worse though this year. Like they, it, it could be worse, but he scored 102 runs. He could shave yeah. 10 off, and there's no problem, right? Yeah. Like he's going to Brandon Nimmo's going to score runs if he's upright and gets 550 plate appearances, even 500. I think he'll put up a decent run total. But then batting average is his other category, and you need the ball to fall for you, right? Like you can yeah. be a good hitter, obviously, but the two categories that he does are a bit out of his power, and that's what makes him scary. That's the same thing we say about Wander Franco too. And he, that's why, that's why you focus so much on the power and speed because those are skills that the guys directly control and can then give you the fantasy juice. And so that's why we worry about guys like Nimmo and Wander Franco. It's not that they're not good players. It's just that when it comes to fantasy, they have volatile outcome ranges because of the things that they do best. Speaking of power and speed, it might be why you like this guy, Cody Bellinger. Is there a bounce back coming? Your projection says hell to the hell yeah, because you got him a good bit higher than the market. He is the 43rd outfielder off the board. You have him 30th. I got him 53rd. I didn't think I was a hater, but I think my batting average is pretty hater eight. I got I got him for a 213. You got him for 21 homers, 15 steals, and a 232 average. Talk to us about Cody Bellinger as a cub. Um I mean, I don't I mean it's somebody raises his average while you're talking. Yeah, Sorry. It's, 213 it's, is hilariously low. It's pretty much, I mean, that's where he's, I mean, 213. That's where he was higher, last year. Yeah, it's been higher than he's been the last two seasons. So, yeah, I mean, but, you don't have to raise it. No, I'm, um, I'm going to give him a little bit more. Like, I, I don't think he's quite that bad. I'm going to give him a little bit more credit for the for the long term there with Cody Bellinger. But sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I just think, one, I think they're going to bat him higher up in the lineup so he has a better chance of getting more plate appearances. Um, I also uh, just at some point he's got to figure something out, right? Like the talent shouldn't have just disappeared. Uh, there was a great article and I'm 
blanking on who did it. Um, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up while we talk at, at our site or elsewhere. It was at Prospects Live, and it's okay. a complete breakdown of like all of his mechanical changes um, with like like zoomed in screenshots of like foot positions, and um, it was an amazing article. And at the end, they were like, "Well, what's the conclusion? Can he be fixed? I don't know." Like, um, I got his average up just to 221. It's not a huge jump. It's it's better, and it moves him up to 47. So I gave him a little extra love there. I want Bellinger to be good, but I'm just nervous, man. These last two years, I mean, 21 was an utter nightmare of epic proportions. But even last year was pretty bland when you're getting a 210 average beating you over the head to get those 19 homers and 14 steals from Bellinger. So that is worrisome. Maybe he's somebody who takes advantage of the of the steel rules and, and pops a 20 season. It wouldn't surprise me. Can't project it. But if he went 2020, I wouldn't be blown away by that. But a 265 OBP, 240 the year before, like there's some scary stuff there with Bellinger that you 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 think that if any team can fix it, you know, the Dodgers would be chief among those that you would think. So I don't know if the Cubs stand out as a team that can necessarily fix it. Maybe he just gets better. Maybe it's not a team-dependent thing, and he just kind of improves on his own. But I do have some concerns. Your projection likes him a bit more with that that 232 average. Is mm-hmm. Even though that doesn't sound like a great average, that's pretty nice. And then 21 yeah. homers. And you also have 80 ribbies, which is which is pretty solid, too. I think that Cubs lineup is sneaky good. I agree. Um, I agree. Uh, I mean, I, I there are certain guys, like, you know, I hadn't – release my full ranks and stuff you know uh prior to like our first episode on on the outfield but like i say suzuki is like a top 15 outfielder like i'm like um and i mean I, there's other guys in that lineup are you I really like. than me now i'm gonna be pissed if you are i, I think i mean i think i have 13 ranking son um, of a bitch you're one so, spot higher than me now that's uh, the earth the article uh, I was referencing on Cody Ballinger um, was written in October of, uh, of 2022 um, by uh, a gentleman named Tieran, who now apparently works for an MLB team. He's no longer with Prospects Rise. Dang. Uh, maybe they saw that article. Maybe they come saw like, that article, and they're like, come this guy in. Cody Ballinger. Um, it, it's called The Downfall and Possible Resurrection of Cody Ballinger. It is fantastic uh, okay. article. Um, so I highly recommend people... Uh, go and take a look at that. Like, do I think he's going to be better? Like, part of me goes, he can't be worse, can he? Like, um, could be worse than twenty one. That's for dang. I oh, mean, he wrote it on my birthday. That's very nice of him. So, uh, yeah. Like, I also love the fact that like he chose a team that really likes to run. That you know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's one of the guys that maybe he doesn't take a step up with the average and the power, but he could definitely take a step up with stolen bases. So I'm saying he could um, pop a 20 something. I, I, yeah. That wouldn't even surprise me. Right. Like you said, Bellinger maybe doesn't get a whole lot better anywhere else. Uh, even if he just kind of did everything he did last year, but then ran six, seven, eight more times, that would really improve his value and help you eat that 210 a little bit more, let alone if he got to the 232 you're talking about, then all of a sudden we're talking maybe like a 25, 20 type season. That's again, not the projection. That is the, upper upper level outcome and then is there a world where he fixes everything and yeah. gets back to 18 19 I'm, uh, 17, 18, 19 level for bellinger absolutely like he he like he's not one of these guys where i go he's not like yelich where i go the chance that he gets back to being peak yelich is, is so small 
Bellinger, like, I really believe, like, the talent is in there for him to just be the MVP of the National League again uh, and, like, be a first-round pick in fantasy. And I think this is the first year since we've had this huge drop-off for the last three seasons where uh, the price is right. Like, the price is – this is where you should take this gamble, mm-hmm. um, especially in an outfield situation in leagues where – uh, there isn't very much depth, and everybody, everybody after the top ten has red flags. And you know what? Even people in the top ten have red flags. Like I talked about it in my on my ranks piece uh, today. Like three of the top four in my ranks have a red flag of some sort. Like Acuna's got a red flag, uh, Judge has a red flag, and J Rod has a red flag. Like I've never seen the outfield this filled with red flags in my That's life. Scary. Mm-hmm. So I take Mookie Betts and, and and love it. Yeah. Um. I. By the way, Tieran and I already followed each other on Twitter, so it's pretty pretty chill. I follow somebody who works for an MLB team, and he follows me. No mm-hmm. big deal. No big deal. <laughs> All right. So that's Belly. I put the art. I'll put the article in the show notes. There. It'll be you click you click buyback opportunity. It'll take you to the article. You can read it. Now I got another runs question for you here. Because we're getting mm-hmm. so much into these projections that I, I, I now care a lot about this instead of just kind of taking it at face value. Are you sure Giancarlo Stanton is going to score 30, 73 runs in 122 games? He's at a 57 per 122 pace over the last two seasons. And that's where our big difference is. Otherwise, we're pretty much in lockstep as far as like mediocre average and a, and a crap ton of homers. But you've got him 29th to the market's 37th. And I got him 55th because I got him for 55 runs and you have him for 73. Mm. Yeah, maybe I'm a little high. Maybe I need to readjust that back. Because um, that's about the only that's about the only thing that we're really off on. You got three more ribbies. Uh, I actually have three more points of batting average. Um, you have one more homer. So that's a pretty stark runs difference. And that's why we're that many ranks apart. But other than that, I think we are in lockstep that he's just going to be a 30 homer guy. With two something, you know, mid twos average. Now, let me ask you the same question I asked about Bellinger. Is there, what, what are the realistic chances that Stanton spikes another mega season? Is that in the cards anymore at age 33? Or is he just this 30 something? Like, I know he had 273 average in 2021 and then 211 last year. Split the difference, call it a 246, which is what we did in our projections. Is he just that guy now, Giancarlo Stanton? Or is there a, is there a rebirth there? Perhaps, I mean, I think there could be. I think he, you know he is very Babbitt dependent. You look at what happened last year, and two eleven uh, batting average, uh, you know, came from a two twenty seven Babbitt. Like he probably should have been his normal like two forty to fifty ish. Um, you know, so could we have a complete like opposite where he gets all the Babbitt luck, uh, and you know he, you know, I mean, the previous three seasons. Two last year, he had a 324 Babbitt, 333 Babbitt, uh, 424 Babbitt. He's a career 314 Babbitt guy. 273 batting average just a year ago in 2021. Yeah, like like, not not too far off. And it sounds like while he will play some outfield, uh, it sounds like the Yankees are going to primarily DH him. Um, So maybe they're, yeah, like. You know, Aaron Boone said he's going to play the outfield in spurts, which means like other guys really need a day off. Most of his career has been played in spurts. Yes. Uh, 
So, like, is there a dream scenario where uh, Giancarlo Stanton, like, plays in 145 games and hits 50 home runs and does it with a good average? I think there is still. Like, I'm not – like, but I, I can't project that, obviously. Of um, course, of course. Uh, you know, there's also I, I the possibility – there's a possibility he plays in 47 games. And, True. You know, you're just his, not his his body has has taken some blows, and you know it's that big body. It's tough to keep healthy, uh, but you got him as a top thirty outfielder, so you're ending up with him. You got him in our draft. Uh, I know you were not super pleased with that, and we were kind of him, him, him and Bellinger. Him and Bellinger. There you go, baby. You're gonna yeah. get that power. But uh, I gave him a little bit more love because, to be honest, I did have that average low, and I even raised my runs a little bit. So you don't have to bring yours all the way down to mine because I'm actually gonna give him a bit more because obviously, if he hits, gets more base hits. Uh, and I think the 227 BABIP is going to go up for Stanton, so the 211 average will, and thus the 297 OBP will, and then he will score more runs. I'm not going all the way up to the 80 or to the 73 that you had, but I got him into the low 60s now. Um, I got a little bit more love for him, and just looking into here, I think I was a little bit too focused on 2022. So just just this extra review here gave me a little bit of extra love for Giancarlo Stanton, a player I've always liked, by the way. I have I have his Marlins jersey, and uh, I, I root for him definitely. All right. Trio of players here, uh, youngsters that haven't fully established themselves. Who's your favorite breakout for this year between Oscar Gonzalez, Lars Newtbar, and Riley Green, and why? That's Newtbar, baby. It's Newtbar. Newt um, if you go back and clearly you haven't gone and listened to the podcast I did with Matt Thompson, um, him and I both kind of agree that I, I think there's a realistic chance he leads off for this Cardinals. Team. I agree with that potential. Um, and if he's leading, that Cardinals team is potentially the best lineup in the National League. Um, and uh, don't tell them that they'll be nauseating about. I it. know it's so hard, like because you don't want the Cardinals fans to feel good about themselves. <laughs> like because Matt was trying to do this whole humble thing. He's like, "Oh, I didn't uh, want to say it, but I'm glad nah, you get did. out like, of here, Matt." Um, we, we read through that shit. Yeah, uh, Matt Thompson is a lot of things, including an amazing analyst. But humble is not on that list. Humble is um, not. He's an absolute G, though. I love yeah, him. he is. Uh, so, yeah, I think he could lead off. Um, I mean, he's one of these uh, driveline guys. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the videos of him this offseason. He looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Like it's a new bar we're talking about, Lars. Yeah, I, I would not watch the Lars Newt bar training videos in your office. Like, wait till you get home and you get canceled. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And make sure so, that you're not going to get walked in on and have an embarrassing moment. Mm-hmm. That being said, like, I could be completely wrong. Wait a minute. Like, you only put him for 100 games? No, no, that's a mistake. Okay. Oh, you do have 546 plate appearances. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he's going to get that many plate appearances. So the I, games are off, but that's yeah. fine. Okay, yeah, because you're not getting 5.46 plate appearances per game. That would be kind of wild. Okay, yeah. no, no, no. Everything else about your projection says not 100 games. So, okay, I was freaking out there. You got him for 20 homers, 72 runs, 60 ribs, 248 average, and even nine little chippies uh, on his steel. Yeah, and like I don't part. feel like I was being like overly aggressive because I'm trying to – like make sure especially with the guys i really like that i'm conservative with my projections and so like a 20 homer nine solo base season um you know with like what what i give him 72 runs and 60 rbis like mm-hmm. i didn't think it was going to push him that high up but um, you're just with the market you're, oh, you're am I? Okay. up at the market 41 each i'm actually I've, about got, I've gotten i've gotten him in like every draft I, like, and and I've gotten him in others. And you remember when you took him, I took, I, I was in the other round. I took Fraley 
when you mind effed me into saying he's not going to make it back to you. And I didn't know exactly who you're talking about. It turns out you're talking about Will Myers. And guess what? He did make it back and I still got him. So lucky me. But um, yeah, I I don't dislike Newt Bar. I, I guess I got to see what, because I'm 56. I got 19 homers, 60. So I have 69 runs, 72 ribbies, because I didn't give him too much credit for the leading off yet, because we do still have Edmund there, and I could totally see that. But I know Edmund has warts, and I know Newt Bar did get some run at one. Mm-hmm. And if they push him up there, then I do think the runs go way up. The RBIs will probably come down a little bit, but the runs could be in the in the 90s for crying out loud. Yeah, it's yeah, realistically good. Yeah. So I'm I'm in on the new train, even though my rankings suggest uh, otherwise. Perhaps I have some new bar shares myself, um, and, and definitely do like him. So uh, give me give me a quick one hitter on the other two, Riley Green and Oscar Gonzalez. Who's your favorite between those two? Oh, that's tough. Uh, it's probably Oscar Gonzalez. Um, Your rankings say otherwise. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. I had I was looking at the wrong guy. You have them pretty close. 48 for Gonzalez, 51 for Green. So you were right on, on who you like yeah. better. You're, you're just below the market. Is it a team context thing that switches, that that splits them, I guess? Um, I like Riley Green. I just don't know that we're going to see fantasy goodness this year. Like, I think he's going to play a lot. I think he can accumulate – but like I don't think like there's a massive breakout coming. I think there's still I think there's still some polishing to be done on green. I think that's completely um, fair. God, like I just I just got right than I than I thought really. Yeah, and like just not a quite as much power as I thought we were gonna see. Not quite as much speed as I thought we might see. They moved um, the fences for him. That was all for Ryan. May, maybe they did. Uh, I'm, I just, I'm only partially just, kidding, by the way. I just traded him in a dynasty league for uh, Nathaniel Lowe, straight up. Um, you know, you know, I green is five years younger, so that one may backfire in the long run. He's just like, I'm not probably going to compete this year. Um, well, definitely, I, I would have liked year. it better as a contender, yeah. But uh, I just I, I feel like I'm okay selling a little bit low on, on Riley Green at this point. Um, Oscar Gonzalez scares the crap out of me. <laughs> um, he he may be the most aggressive hitter. I've ever seen um, like it, like I don't think he understands the take sign. He does. Um, he's unaware that if you take four pitches out of the zone, you get to go to first base. I mean, I think it's one pitch. Like I, you know, and it's not out of the zone. It is. It's anywhere like, thrown in his direction. In I'm fairness, surprised- though, he, he doesn't strike out too much. 20% was not bad, but he does have a 14% swinging strike rate. So does, does that give you concerns that the strikeout rate can go up for Gonzalez? Yes. And that kind of gets to him. Yeah. 14% swinging strike rate, 19% strikeout rate. Those like don't that, dive. That, that does not make a lot of sense. Like he had a 76 and a half percent zone swing percentage. Um, <laughs> like literally anything thrown at him, he tries to hit. At some point in the outfield, he will take a swing at a fly ball. Why do you have your uh, bat in the outfield? Yeah, <laughs> I crushed like, it. He he hit an almost fifty percent O swing. Like I mean, it, that's tough. Low thirties is the league average on O swing. That's outside yeah, it's, of the it's zone about swing. a third. Yeah, thirty three percent is about the is about league average for O swing. Like forty eight percent for Oscar and Gonzalez. So there, and I have some of these concerns too that I think people are kind of glossing over. So I'm glad you're highlighting these and I don't dislike him. I'm actually ahead of the market at 39, but I do think that his downside is not necessarily being fully considered. No, he could hit. I think he could hit like two forties. 
he has the plate skills, and this is going to uh, potentially make you sick. So just grab a trash can. Okay. Uh, he's got the plate skills of Javi Baez. Oh come on. He does. Like I know. look at their lines. He absolutely like, does. Look at their like swing percentages and stuff, and contact percentages next to each other, and you go, oh, I can see where this can go completely. He had a three. Um, uh, Oscar Gonzalez had a three forty five BABIP in the majors last year that really helped sustain him. And like I said, that twenty percent K rate with a four percent walk rate, you're like that's palatable. But if he gets closer to the mid twenties strikeout rate that that hit or upper twenties even that his swing strike rate suggests, then you are looking at some trouble there, especially with the walk rate being only four percent. So again, there's some fall off opportunity uh, potential here that is nerve wracking with Oscar Gonzalez. I also like, I mean, he had an over 50% ground ball rate. And one of the reasons like people like really like him because he hits the ball hard. It's a lot easier to hit the ball hard on the ground than it is through the air. So like just, just because he hits the ball DDS. hard. Yeah. It's just, just because you hit the ball hard doesn't mean it's going to go out of the yard, especially when you've got his kind of launch angle. Mm-hmm. Like I worry that even if he is quote unquote, good, not great, but quote unquote, good, like that, like there isn't a whole lot of upside right now in the way in the profile, the way it is kind of situated. Like he could be a batting average guy. He could be like Brandon Nimmo ish, where he's like a batting average guy and uh and you know, 17 home runs, maybe a stolen base or two. Uh, but he's not leading off, so he's not going to get Brandon Nimmo type run scored or plate appearances. So um I I just yeah, I'm I'm probably not gonna have Oscar Gonzalez on any teams. I was looking inward there when I said that thing about not properly assessing his downside. Uh, because I, I don't think I've properly assessed his downside with my projection. And I'm I'm altering that. I'm altering yeah. that right now and not not tanking him, not tanking Oscar Gonzalez, because I don't think he's garbage or anything. But again, I had these concerns and then for some reason did not put them into my projection. And now I'm going to. I think I was a little bit too rosy on him, and that's definitely going to change my outlook on him because I was um, ahead of the market, not not aggressively, but now I think I'm going to be pretty close to lockstep. I oh no, actually that put him down quite a bit. Yeah, now I'm yeah. now I'm closer to where you are. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I moved Oscar Gonzalez down a decent bit here. So again, could be good, could survive, could put up another huge babbit. Just be careful with him. Lars Newtbar was Justin's favorite of the Oscar Gonzalez, Lars Newtbar, Riley Green trio. Next up, does Rowan Laureano stay in Oakland all year? He's a free agent after 2025, so there's no rush to trade him. What say you about uh, Laureano in Oakland? I mean, I want to say they're going to trade him to some place. Like, there's so many teams that could use a center fielder. True, because he, um, he can he can hold center. He's not a great defender. It's his arm that that kind of protects him. But a lot of teams could use him. You're absolutely right. I mean, a lot of teams would just use a general outfielder. Yeah, like, at this point too. Like I mean, you even know, if they move him to a corner, which would obviously yeah. make Oriano even more appealing. Um, the hard part is if they don't trade him before the start of the season, they're risking him getting hurt and not being able to trade him. Um, and they haven't traded him yet, so it's kind of like, okay, is this going to happen? Uh, I like Loriano on a per plate appearance basis. I just had a really hard time getting him enough plate appearances to matter. Um, I feel that you know, vibe. and so like he ended up in my tier of guys with negative value in a 12 team league because of uh, the uh, just the 
likelihood that he's going to be hurt. Yeah. That, and that's the scary part with Loriano is that we've, based on what we've seen, he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And I don't have great reason to believe that he necessarily is. I'm going to put him for, for 130 games. Uh, what did you end up putting him for with Loriano? Oh, that is a very good question. Um, and I have to scroll down. 95. Okay. You did really punish him. And I, I can't say that you're wrong there, but that is, that is severe. And listen, 123 is as high. I put him for more than his career high. I need to come down. You have him as yeah. an 86th outfielder though, or he's 50 in the market. I'm going to come down. I don't think I'm going to come down that far. Are you sure you're only going to go, you're going to go sub triple digits on Loriano? I mean, when was the last time he played triple digits? The one time that he did, 2019. You're, you're, yeah. you're right. I mean, well, so like technically last year, if you add his minor league numbers. So yeah, thank you exactly. very much. Yeah. I got you on that well, one, sir. I forgot we play in leagues that include minor league numbers. Yes, we do, sir. Thank you very much. Got you on that one. I am correct. Mm -hmm. I am always correct. Uh, yeah, I mean, I want to give him more games. I always feel like in like this is like the like I think one of the pluses of doing these projections for me is it really forces me to look at what guys do as opposed to what I hope they can do. And That's like I hope exactly. he can play 120, 130, maybe even 140 games, but like dude has not done that in a long time and has only done it once in his career. You know, 100 he's never done 140. Max was 123. So at this point, you know, I can't expect him to play a hundred at you know at the age of 28 when he's had you know four out of his five seasons have been not hitting 100 games. I dropped Loriano to 440 plate appearances uh from 563, which I psychotically put originally. That would still be his second highest, but it does move him down to the 74th outfielder. Yeah. So based on where we have, we think the market is wild on Loriano. And I get it. It's power speed and hoping that he can stay healthy and spike. But there is not history there. And he's on a dog shit team. So the runs ribbies are going to be bad too. I think there could be some mistakes drafting Loriano. Could be a little bit too aggro here. Uh, who's the better Boston buy? Alex Verdugo at pick 203 or Masataka Yoshida at 244? I, mean, I think it's Alex Verdugo because I kind of know what he is. Yeah. And um, isn't... Uh, Yoshida trying to be Alex Verdugo. Like, are, are are they similar? Or am I crazy? I think they are. Like, I I um I think in my uh in my in my article today I said that I think Yoshida is going to be diet Alex. Oh Verdugo. yeah, you did put that. Okay, perfect. I, I had not read that yet. I I yeah. control F the beater part to see, and I still have it up on my page here. I'm going to read the whole thing, but uh, you know, you you went you went deep on this article. You gave thoughts on a lot of guys, so I'll, I'll be reading it. Don't you worry. But yeah, I you mean, put, I, I you was put, up till three o'clock in the morning doing it. So you, I hope you, you put Diet Verdugo. Yeah, please please read it. He sacrifices his sleep and health for our enjoyment. Um, yeah, you have you have Yoshida a bit behind him, uh, him being Verdugo. Mm -hmm. So Verdugo at thirty eight, Yoshida at forty four. The diet thing checks out there. Are you drafting either of them? Are you, are I'm drafting a lot of Verdugo. Okay. Um, uh, I may pump the brakes a little bit, uh, but for the most part, like I feel like Verdugo is exactly what we think Verdugo is going to be. Like mm -hmm. I, I think like the ceiling is pretty limited, uh, but the floor is pretty high. Uh, and I think ultimately that's what I expect from Yoshida. The problem is 
first season in a new country in, I mean, never seeing MLB pitching. Um, we saw how like guys coming from, you know, Asia, whether it be Korea or Japan can just struggle initially. Yeah. It's a, um, it's a huge transition. Yeah, I mean, we should expect them to, to be honest, more, more so not, than I think we do sometimes. Yeah. Not only are like they coming over and seeing a level of talent that they've never seen before, um, they're also like having to learn a language and mm-hmm. having to learn a culture. And you know what? There is a huge difference between Japan and Boston. Like, you know, like slightly, I, you know, the guys who come over and just hit the ground running to me are just like unicorns. Like it's yeah. just amazing and more props to them because I think it's probably the most, one of the most difficult transitions in all of sports is going from, you know, one country where you where you speak one language to another country where you don't speak that language um, and ha- don't know that culture. And baseball players do it all the time, coming from Asia, coming from uh, Latin, Latin and yep. South America. Um, so I just I, I can't put him up there with Verdugo knowing that the bottom, I think, is much lower than Verdugo. Yeah, because we don't know these guys we don't know how they might struggle they get homesick and all of a sudden it puts them in a tailspin and then they let the tails and i'm not put projecting this on him i'm not i'm not trying to dog out yoshida at all we don't know maybe he's a unicorn and he's not diet uh verdugo he's verdugo plus because he transitions brilliantly Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden we're like holy smokes this guy came over and he just hit the ground running but we don't know and you have to be careful with it you don't want to go too far with it and end up making a bad projection because you thought oh this guy's going to you know, be a hundred percent comfortable. We just don't know. And Suzuki talked about being away from his family and everything and, and how much of the transition was difficult for him. And now he's established and we both like him for a big second year breakout. Yeah. So maybe with Yoshida, the, the price is fair right now, I, I think, but don't go too crazy and then see how he does this year. And then next year you jump in after the transition season mm-hmm. for him. That might be the real play with Yoshida. Um, we talked about this guy a little bit earlier. I didn't let you get your thoughts in on him because I knew we would talk about him soon. What's in store for Michael Conforto? Again, as you mentioned, he's going to have to play some outfield there because you guys have three of the same guy, um, two lefties and, and a righty and Hanniger, Conforto, and Jock. Sick outfield you guys got there. This should be a oh lot of fun. So the defense <laughs> what, is going to be amazing. It's going to be so, so awesome. So what's Conforto do after like seven years off? I have no clue. Like I legitimately Same. don't know. Like I is the market overrating him? He's fifty five. I mean, yes, according to yes. our projections, he's fifty fifth um, off the board. You got him seventy seven. I got him seventy. What? Why? Why? Why the? Why the fierce buyback? I, I'm probably just the uncertainty in the outfield. In like you know, just the game right now. Like I think people. I think you go like, well. Am I taking Michael Conforto or am I taking Brandon Marsh or, or Andrew McCutcheon or Mike Yastrzemski? Like, I guess I'll take the upside on Conforto. Like, you know, I think that there's a lot of people just doing that kind of stuff. Like, the outfield just sucks this year. Yeah. Just, I mean, he's really going ahead really of our run. boy Will Myers, though. Give me a break. Well, but I think Will Myers, like, uh, you know, he's got an uphill battle in terms of the ADP because he was so low as a free That's agent. True. That, That's true. No, you're right. He'll yeah. pass him. You're right, yeah, hundred percent. And he may not pass him, um, only because like because of where his ADP sits, like people draft off of ADP, um, and so that will that will I help. will single handedly raise it. I, me and you both. Um, so, uh, 
but like I completely understand why people are you know reluctant to raise up or lower ADPs when they're, you know, super high or super low on guys. So no doubt um, because they do look, you know, you'll have your list, but you'll still look at the board. You're like, Oh, he's way down here. I can wait. And then you try to take advantage of that price. And then some asshole like you or I is in the draft. And we mm -hmm. say, uh -uh, we're going to take Will Myers well ahead of that ADP because it's a different guy now. So yeah. uh, with Conforto, like I said, you got him 77th. You've got him to, uh, let me see what, what he got for his abilities here. Conforto. You got him to hit 15 homers with a 246 average, 60s, low 60s on the runs and ribbies. That seems pretty fair. Um, I guess based on the ADP, I don't have to ask you if you're drafting him because you're 22 points no. lower. There's no shot. Okay, so no. let's move on then. Let's not get bogged down on a guy that we don't really care that much about. Is Andrew Benintendi just a sub-140 game guy forever, or is there a world? I mean, there is a world, so I don't want to play that vague 10% chance. What are the chances that Andrew Benintendi can break free from that that world of being a 140 game guy, and how do you see him going to Chicago this year with the White Sox? I mean, I think Chicago's really nice spot for him. Uh, you know, in terms of park, the lineup around him. Uh, you know, he's you know he said in, in interviews since signing there that like he feels like he can now kind of readjust his swing back to a power hitter swing mm -hmm. um, because like that's encouraging. In Kaufman, there was just no reason for him to try to hit for power. Um, so, like, I think there's a lot of reasons to be really optimistic. I don't know if I buy, like, a consistent 140-game uh, kind of player, but I think he's really interesting. I also think that I have no idea what the White Sox are fucking doing. Like, I just... Neither do like, they, in fairness. Like, this lineup is, like, the biggest boom bust lineup i think i've ever seen um it's and pretty wild he just added to it like uh like i just don't like like this feels like my 2019 men event team where like, <laughs> you know like, i just put all the riskiest players together and, and just prayed that it was all going to come together and maybe it does for them uh i have a feeling it will not um tim anderson andrew benintendi luis robert eloy Jimenez, yo mancada just as your top five yeah, like how many of those guys are going to play 145 games? None of them, right? Like that's two, maybe. I don't know. They'd have to. I, yeah, that is that is wild. And look, I didn't put Benintendi for that many games, um, but I still am way ahead of the market here. I only put him for a buck twenty-eight, mm -hmm. but I got him back up to fourteen homers with eleven steals. Could be a sneaky steal guy too. I think he's another guy like we said with Ian Happ could take advantage of this, pop another five six extra, which would dynamically change his projection uh he's 51 in the market i got him 35 you got him 46 we're both ahead of the market on benintendi i think i'm gonna get some shares i want to have some solidified outfielders before him obviously but if mm -hmm. he's my of3 I, I like the gamble i liked him last year i thought he could bounce back he didn't really he was okay with the, the batting average was great 304 but he hit five homers and only had eight steals in 126 games i knew i was getting the injury risk i was okay with that but hearing the power thing that he said, if he gets back into the upper teens or maybe even more for left-handers, uh, guaranteed rate is the third best park for homers over the last three years. Coming from Kaufman, which was the third worst, and I know he was with the Yankees for a little bit, didn't really take advantage of, of that over there, but that was 33 games. I'm not putting a whole lot on that one way or the other. I don't even know how many were at home. I can look that up. Mm -hmm. But I, I like Benintendi this year, even with the risks that he has, because I think the market bakes those risks in quite nicely. Yeah, I, I do too. Like, I, I think he is a guy that I think he's going to get overlooked a little bit. Um, and some people will flat out just, you know, say first year of a new deal. Uh, I'm out. Uh, and okay. You know, I'll, in I'll... fairness, 
that's not the kind of deal I talk about when I say that though. Yeah. Five years, 75, he's not asked to be the guy. He's a glue guy. He's a secondary piece. I don't think that that's going to hurt him there so that I don't apply that principle to him. But if somebody does, I get it. I'll take him hitting number two in that lineup. If we do get lucky and, and they do collect some health, he could score a billion runs. Yeah. I, I don't think that all those guys are going to stay healthy for 140 plus, but if they get lucky and do, or at least get say 120 games together, right? Like uh, just a nice group of hundred. And then they start dotting missed games all around. It's going to be a lot of runs for Benny because he, he gets on base and that's the one thing that he does well. Um, all right, let's move on. Is the market sleeping on my boy, Jake Fraley? I got him 43rd. You got him 57. The market has him 73. I actually had to lower my projection on him. No, you didn't. Uh, uh, a little bit. I, the first time I did, I was like, oh, man, I've got him like in like, you know, the top 40 at outfield. And, and what's wrong like, with that? And I was like, I looked at it. I was like, oh, okay, I think I have him playing a few too many games. He's probably going to platoon a fair amount. Um, there is some uh, platoon risk. I, I grant that. But when Fraley got back, and so I had him for a breakout last year, even in Seattle. And in uh, our. No, no, he was with Cincinnati last year. I'm an idiot. Yeah. So when he got traded after the Winker thing, I was like, yes, I love this. Just as much as I hated Winker going to Seattle, I loved Fraley coming back. Um, injuries ate him alive. He missed 78 games in the middle of the season, basically wiped out the season. When he got back on August 1st, though, 283, 370, 506 with 10 homers and three steals. I'm not saying he would do this for a full season. I'll just give you what that full season paces out to. It would be 32 and 10. I didn't put him down for 32 and 10, folks. Don't worry. I'm not that crazy. But I love Jake Fraley. And I do think he can have a nice season, even losing some time to platooning, as he should, because he doesn't hit lefties that well. I got him for 22 and 14 with a 251 average. I'm well ahead of the market. Wow. And I stand firm. I think 22 may be a little bit hard to do. Um, not in that park. Considering his launch angle, you know. And now, to your credit, in that kind of small sample in the second half, he had a 12 degree launch angle, which is higher. You know, he raised it a little bit during that time. So um, that being said, like, I think there's power there. I think there's speed. And because Cincinnati is so bad, I think he's going to play a fair amount. Like in like, yeah. Um, and he's going to hit, you know, fairly high up in that lineup. Uh, yeah. Our so. disagreement is the homers, by the way, you got him for 15 yeah. out for 22. And that's fair. Uh, you, you, you have, uh, statistical reasons behind being a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. I do love that park. Um, you know, I've been pretty aggro on the, the great American ballpark. We talked about Will Myers a bunch, but um, I really do like him and he doesn't even have to stay healthy, which has been a, a problem for Jake Fraley here to get where I'm, I've got him going. I only got him for 124 games, 501 plate appearances. So I think there's upside even beyond where I've got, got him. I got him in a bunch of draft champions already. I'm sure shit going to get him in my other leagues too. I really, really like Jake Fraley and think there could yeah. be some nice upside there. I think the only, not the only, but I think one of the major problems and why the power is one of the things I regress back um, as well as just some plate appearances. Uh, you cannot hit home runs, and this is a statistical fact, if you hit a ground ball. And he had a 46 Depends how fast you are, buddy. Yeah, he had a 46% ground ball rate at home last year, um, which is a little bit concerning to me. So, like... Um, I played a little bit more conservative with the home runs. I still think he's going to be very good. I still think he's probably going too low in the market. Yeah, 73 in the market. Even if you don't fully agree with me, folks, uh, but you like Fraley, there's still plenty of room to buy uh, at 73. You don't have to be all the way up at 43 with me. You can be at 57 with Jace, uh, with Justin excuse me, and still be very much in on Jake Fraley. Are you buying the Trey Mancini expected home run surge? 
he had eight, 18 or more, or more than 18, excuse me, in every park projected, but Baltimore, Cleveland, and Detroit. And I've talked about the shortcomings of that tool on StatCast. You don't just take that verbatim and say, oh my God, he's going to hit 32 homers. First off, it projects all of their batted balls in the same park, which never happens, of course. And batted ball distributions change. However, the bottom line is, that park change in Baltimore devastated Trey Mancini's output, and every other park looks better for him. He's going to get some time in that great American ballpark being with the Cubs now. Just being in the Cubs all year would have given him a three more homers at least for 21. He had he would have had 30 in Milwaukee, so his new env environment in the NL Central looks like it could be nice from getting into those two parks at the very least. Are you buying Trey Mancini here as somebody to get with the Cubs? No. Uh-huh. I mean, I like Trey Mancini. It's a really fun story, but um, you just like that nervous. The wall in Baltimore is not the reason why his exit velocity numbers drop. So, it, you know, but why does he have so many expected homers everywhere then? <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, the, the, some of these numbers were were off the charts. And again, this is if he played all his games in the same park, which does not happen. Yeah. It's just a reference of like how good. And this is part of why I saw, I said, if you want a long shot of somebody who could hit 20 after the deadline, it could be Trey Mancini going to Houston because he could take advantage of yeah, the Crawford box. Yeah. The opposite happened. And he, things did not go well there. But he had 30 projected homers in Houston with all of his batted balls and all that. Like a lot of mid-20s, low-30s outputs here if you look across his expected homers for the year. I hear you that that the exit velo drop. What, what's like, he expected in Chicago? Uh, 21. So just, just three more, so, but yeah. still better. Yeah, I mean, he's only, only going to play half his oh, games there. He's going to play in Cincinnati. He's going to play in Milwaukee. He's, he's going to play in Pittsburgh and St. Louis. and Both, like both still higher than... Baltimore. It's a first time he's going to see National League pitching. No, it's not. Uh, they play interleague. That 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 thing is overrated. That it's not. Overrated. I don't think it's. Yes, overrated. it is. And I also, his exit velo went up from 2021. So what are you even talking about? Yeah, because 2021 sucked too. I'm talking okay. about from like his big homer output. Returning from cancer. Ever heard of it? Yeah, but I don't give him like he doesn't get points back because to okay, like, 2019 he had a 90.3. He went down to 89.5. Is that really that drastic of a drop? It's less than a mile. Well, he was it was it was like it was a juice ball. Yeah. Sure, so. but you said the exit velo was the problem. I'm saying it hasn't dropped that much, and these projected numbers say that Trey Mancini was still batting the ball pretty well. He's got uh, you know, and again, um, Jeff Zimmerman did a great breakdown of what he called the patriotic lollipops here on Savant. We overrate them because most of them just say the same thing: power. But his power ones are all at least pink, and his max exit velo is still red for Trey Mancini. I think you're selling him short here. I really do. I think there is some upside to that power. He could get back into the mid twenties with the with the White Sox. I think. I don't even have him going crazy. I, I mean, just think he. Could I think be good. I, I got him for twenty one. I think. Okay, I mean that's something. I got him for twenty two. I'm not even going crazy with it. Yeah, I'm, like I, I just don't think we're gonna see like twenty seven or thirty. You know, what the, from him. you know what the funniest thing about this is? Mm. You're way higher on him than I am. <laughs> yeah, like what the hell? It's only because of the runs and ribbies. Yeah, it, like, it's it's literally uh, only the runs and ribbies. You have him seventies for both, and I have him uh, low sixties. And maybe, maybe I need, I need to, to actually, raise that. I might actually need to adjust him down. Um, I don't think that Matt Murvis, Matt Mervis's path to playing time goes through Mancini. By the way, like I think that goes through Hosmer. It goes through um, AAA. Like he's. Don't draft Matt Mervis right now in a redraft league. You can draft him in your in draft, draft, draft champions, yeah. But um, uh, other than that, don't be taking him right now. 
Mm. Yeah, probably not. Don't take him in. And, and I think he could be up early. Because, I mean, Eric Hosmer's garbage. But you know they're going to And they have nothing him. attached to him. I don't know that they will. This is a team that. Why, is why trying... they even bring him in then? Why I they have even bring him no in? Because he's free. Okay. He's so legitimately they're gonna, free. Like, they're I mean, going to they... hang on to him. Why did they get nine guys to block Matt Mervis? Right. Every pickup they made blocked Matt Mervis. They even said Dansby Swanson might play first. Matt Mervis slept with somebody's wife. Like, that's. That, I mean, he's a cute dude. Like he's, he's a he's a handsome devil, man. Maybe, yeah, he, maybe he had making eyes for somebody in the mm-hmm. front office because I don't understand it, man. I really thought this guy was like a day one, uh, you know, hit the ground running mm-hmm. with the team, break camp type of guy, and then like we'll get Eric Hosmer, we'll get Trey Mancini, we'll get Cody Bellinger who plays the outfield but can also play first. Like mm-hmm. what the hell, man? They hate this guy. Anyway, I, I like Trey Mancini. I, I think there could be some power upside there. Um, I didn't even project. You don't like him as much as I do. You only put more runs and ribbies. And you said you're going to lower it, so get out of here. You don't even believe it. Are we underrating Brian De La Cruz in Miami? I got him at 68. You got him at 76. The market says 53 for this man. What do we think about Brian De La Cruz in Miami? The market hasn't accounted yet for Jad Chisholm moving to center field. That doesn't hurt De La Cruz, though. I think it does. Why? It's just another person in the outfield with Abisail Garcia. They have Jesus Sanchez. Um, okay, no, no. It's Sanchez versus De La Cruz. That's that's it. That's the problem. Like that's is like, that a problem though? I I, lo- it, I like Jesus Sanchez. I, I was in on him last look at year. What Jesus Sanchez did in the minors after being sent back down. Like, he oh, he was playing a league that counts minors now. Yes. Um, uh, you like how quickly? He, I, how quick I was able to spin that right I, back on you. I know. Uh, he made some like real changes uh, to his mechanics um, okay. that closed some holes in his swing. Like I think. Jesus Sanchez could have a really big spring and be like uh, competing to be on this roster and playing. Um, and so I, I just worry that one, I think it's a really, really poor idea for them to be moving jazz Chisholm into the outfield just to begin with. He, he um, wants to do it. He's he? in on it. Yeah. Th- it was his idea. It was his idea. That's an article I read that said it was, this his is idea. A, I mean, I just center field. Like, I just feel like he's going to be diving around and hurting himself. And he's the guy who can't stay healthy anyways. Like, keep I, him at second base. And I understand. Him in bubble wrap. Like, you can put the chains that, around the bubble wrap. Like, <laughs> I understand that the outfield can can be dangerous, too. I think both can be equally dangerous, though. He can get hurt at either of them. Second base, you dive, too. Clearly, breathing is dangerous for Jad Chisholm at this point. Like, Well, if he his, doesn't his breathe, ADP he wouldn't need die. His ADP is insane. Like, I, I know. Like, people love – and everyone on PitchCon seems to be coming on and to, to do a profile about how great he is. And I want to love him glad. because I like Jazz Chisholm. I do love him. But he's got like, swag all day, but I, I don't fantasy love him. I, I, yeah. I real-life love him. I, I root for the, him. I can't pay the price with like, I can't. So De, De La Cruz, though, we got, we got sidetracked. And, again, I, I really like advocate with you because – I'm with you. We we are both way lower than the market. I'm just wondering what they're seeing for 53. I I think that part of it is like they're not seeing a potential log jam in that outfield. Okay. Um and, and, I, and I Sanchez's see, reemergence. Yeah, I do see like there is an issue potentially with playing time. I like De La Cruz actually um a fair amount, but it's it's it. a it is a bad park, it is a bad team. Um, there's potential, like, you know, I mean, we, I haven't even mentioned JJ Bleday who came up last I, year. I still love him, but he sucks. 
I think sucks, he, man. I think they I, have to give him a shot to look. I'm still rooting good. for him. I really yeah. am. I want to be right on him because this is a guy I liked since I think college. The, the corpse of Lewis Brinson is somewhere. Shut like, up. Nope. Nope. We're moving on. You cannot. Nope. Nope. No. No. Better done. health buyback. Better health buyback. Jesse Winker or Austin Meadows. Do not fucking bring up Lewis Brinson on this show. Okay. So I put in my article today. Mm-hmm. Um, I like if in my kind of like rest of tier of all players. Oh, you put both of them in there. I see that. Yeah, like I I put just a list of guys that I don't know what to do with. Like read, read off the group because it's I completely agree. Uh, the the group's name or the group I have is, them if you need it. Uh, Adam, Alex, Alex, Alex Kirloff. Kirloff, Michael Brantley, Nick Senzel, Michael Conforto, Austin Meadows, and Jesse Winker. Um, reports Shrug. are. Good on Jesse Winker right now. Good. Um, we like that. Do I believe that? No. Like, I don't. Like, I mean, dude had no. back and knee surgery in the offseason. Scary. Right? Um, and he's hey, never hey, been get, a guy. Getting double surgeries makes you a top 20 pick. At least that's what yeah. Fernando Tati They cancel each other out. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's how It's like a double work. negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. Can't, one can't injury is a negative. Double surgery is yeah is is a, and it becomes you know, a positive. Yeah, Love exactly. It. Okay, okay cool, um, cool. All these guys like, you know, like there and there are some like smart guys in the industry. I talked to DVR for the Brewers preview on FWFB, and he's all like, he's he's excited, like he, you know, and um and they talked a lot about him on a recent episode of Rates and Barrels, mm-hmm. and like I pushed back. I was like, I, like, how many games can we really expect? And like, what is like even like a healthy Jesse Winker at this point. Like I just, um, I don't, I don't pretty, really know. Pretty like, good. In, I think like low twenties homers with a solid average. If he plays like a healthy Jesse Winker and, and, Z, and no speed. Yeah. So like, but, it's kind of a boring profile, right? Like, I mean, isn't it, it, is it, is his ceiling like Brandon Nimmo? No, no. I, I would give a, I gave him one. Yeah, I, I gave Jesse Winker one in 500 plate appearance. So even but if you like, give him 650, give him a dream like, season, 650, it's going to be two. Like, I'm yeah, not in on any steals for him, but I got him for 20 bombs in uh, 503 plate appearance. Isn't his dream season like Anthony Santander at this point? With better average. With, yeah, I mean. So like, he's, been, he's been a better pure hitter, Jesse Winker has. Um, like, I feel but, like he's got a glass ceiling that I just don't care that much about, especially with the injury risk. 2021. 305, 24 homers in just 485 plate appearances. Now that was in Cincy. Milwaukee is not quite Cincy, but it is good. It's better it is, than Seattle. It's sure. a hell of a lot better there. It's the fifth best park and home run rate for lefties uh, since 2020. Uh, what would that be? 2020, 2020, I guess, which that's the three year rolling. Um, Great American is number one by a landslide, by the way. So again, even though it's f- one versus five, the gap is colossal however going back to seattle like you said seattle is 19th so it is a big improvement for jesse winker i think there is some juice there to get the batting average back and, and have some decent homers i don't know I, I he's my he's my pick between the two though and i'm a tigers fan i want austin meadows to be good i, I just I, I i don't know what to expect is, are you picking uh, meadows over uh winker then i i don't think so um, no, you I you guess. actually have eighty yeah. for Winker, ninety three for Meadows. So what yeah, do you, what so, do you think for Meadows? You're just out because the market is way ahead of you at sixty six. 
yeah, if he's a guy, if I mean, if he looks good in spring, then I'll be back in because I've always been a Meadows guy. But at this so point, you like, would you would make an aggressive turn on him if you yeah. if you see Meadows I, hitting two every all, day for the Tigers and doing well in Lakeland, you're back. All in. those guys on the list, like I mean, I don't okay. even know if you, I don't even know if you put Alex Kirilov on the rundown. I have my 149 in the outfield. Like, yeah, I, um, he'll be next episode when we do quick hitters on a bunch of guys. Yeah, so like. uh Quick hitters like, for us. That's funny, guys. We go to hour all, uh, one and a half hours. Yeah, all, all those guys like um, could have aggressive change in their ranks. Yeah, um, if they're looking good in spring. Uh, you know, my issue with Winker especially is when I'm drafting at this point in the draft, where you know, kind of spot he goes, and later, if I am looking for a guy that has injury risk, I want him to come with massive upside. That's like, fair. And I just don't see that with Winker. Like, yeah, I have him right behind, um, or I have him, I have a, him a few spots behind Jared Kalnick. Yeah. And who like, you still love because you're an idiot. If Jared Kalnick has a dream season, it's a, it first will literally be in his dream round talent. That will right? never happen. It, he, it may not ever happen. There is no universe where it happens. He, there is no precedent for fixing uh, strikeout rates like that. None. Um, one, I I think it could happen, but I, I'm not no not banking on it. I just for me, like give if if I'm looking at a guy with real risk, I also want to be like okay, to accept it, it's got to be like a bell curve, right? Where sure. like to accept a certain amount of risk, you also have to get a certain amount of upside. Like let's call this the Alberto Mondesi theory. Um, in order like to it. accept the risk, there has to be a certain amount of upside or the Byron Bucks. And, and the price has to be at the right point too, I, which I actually think for once it might be for Mondesi, but then we were having a chat on Twitter and I agree with the likes of Rob Silver and Scott Jensen who said, well, the price is just going to go right back up though, especially yeah. the second that he steals two bases in the spring training game and everyone skyrockets. Well, he's not going to be in spring training because he they've, they said he's like not probably going to be ready for the season. Oh my god! I didn't even know that. That's yeah, crazy. yeah. So, like, they've already said like his his knee rehab is so slow just, that Mondesi is likely not going to be ready for the season. Don't even waste your time with. It. I mean, it's not a bad pick in the mid to late two hundreds, but like, whatever. Uh, anyway, you're not going to have to hold him on your roster. Yeah, we need to keep moving. Uh, better Miami buyback: Jorge Soler, Avisal Garcia. Avisal Garcia, best shape of his life. I think both of them are pretty good buybacks, actually. They're like, very I, cheap. Yeah, I think they're both fine uh, where they're going, and um, I think. Uh, they both uh, offer, you know, they offer different things at that point in the draft. So, like, yeah. kind of de- depends on what you need. Like, if you're looking for massive power, I think Solaire can give it to you. Like, I'm not worried about him in that park. Um, He's your 40th outfielder. Holy shit! Is he really? Yeah, oh, I didn't even realize that. Um, I yeah. Uh, I think he's gonna DH full time, which should help keep him. You only put him uh, for 29 games too, so you didn't go. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, did sir. You I, need to reassess. You gave him a 291 batting average. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to oh. need to reassess that. Okay. Yeah. Let me. That'll uh, lower him. You'll probably be closer to like 60, which is still ahead of the market, though. He's 71. All right. That that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think you got to go. Even if you want to be aggro on him, I think you're looking at like a 245, 250 average. You know what I think I did is I think I I put down his plate appearances and forgot without the, changing without the, changing the hits. hits. Yeah. Yep. That's fair. That's totally fair. And then Abasal Garcia, again, um, there's been chatter about how he's really mad at himself for being so crappy last year and all that, um, you know, and really wants to bounce back and improve himself. We talk about this with the year one of the deal. And again, I would have said he's not one to worry about for the same reason I said about Ben Attendee. 
But it turns out even the mid-tier guys can put pressure on themselves when they get a pretty sizable contract. So maybe I should be worried about Benintendi because of it. But he really put pressure on himself to come in there and help revolutionize their offense and all that. And he sucked when he did play, and then he only played 98 games. But he recommitted to his body. He said he got a little, little plump there after a big 29-8 and eight season in 2021. He goes down to 8-4. and four. I do think he is a guy who could be a sneaky double-digit steals guy. He likes to run. He's not great at it. And – Miami might tell him to chill out with that shit, but if he is lean and feeling good, I do think Abisal Garcia could get back to, to, to the double digits that we saw in 2019 when he had 10 and be a sneaky 10 to 13 type guy with his power returning and a mediocre average and say like the two forties. I like Abisal Garcia. Maybe it's my, my Homerism from when no, he was a I, tiger. I think you're right. I think you're actually absolutely nailed it. I, I definitely see some upside in a slimmer Abisal Garcia we're both um, way clear of the market. He's 80th, you're 52, and I'm 59. I think he's one of these guys that uh, I think people forget that like he was a top tier prospect at one point, and like yep. um, he's now, the big junior a... comps were only because he looked like him. That yeah. that was really unfair to him because he just simply had his face. Mm-hmm. So like, but he was he was a top tier prospect um, that uh, you know had some off the field issues and. Uh, he uh, and he's kind of struggled to like reach that that ceiling. Nothing illegal, by the way, but but you know, bad stuff. You don't want to be doing what he's accused of doing. Yeah, just Google Google obviously. Yeah, yeah, and but but we're not talking about like you know breaking the law and 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 (laughs) criminal. No, no, yeah, yeah, no, no. But he he didn't do anything illegal, just immoral. Uh, Very very immoral. You know, that's somebody else's wife there. Uh, But anyway, I I think there is some upside there. Ended Prince Fielder's career. Broke his absolute broke his neck, man. Really broke really, his heart, really. and then and, and then, then his, broke neck. his neck. Yeah. All right. Any favorite from Austin Hayes, Jock Peterson, and Randall Grichuk? Anybody that you're like? I, I think Randall. That trio. Randall Grichuk. Um. Give give your Coors. Yeah. So bit. again, like if you play in daily leagues, if you play in uh, NFBC, like you can optimize him to get just a ton of home games without any road games. Um. But even if you and and he was much better on the road than he was at home. He's also much better in the second half. I think wait, he, really, wait, he was better at home or in on the road. He was better at home. Yeah, you reversed it. Oh, sorry. Yes, I apologize. Uh, he, he was better, better at home, of course. At home, he was on the road, uh, and so you definitely want to try to optimize that. But he was also really he was much better in the second half. Yeah. Um. And I think you know I think we talk about like guys leaving Coors and being like, oh, you know, his numbers are never going to be as good. We don't talk about the adjustment going like in your first year, first half season, going two quarters and figuring out the hangover effect. Yeah. Where you got to figure out the hangover effect. You also got to figure out like, Hey, pitches aren't going to break the way they are in Colorado. And I've never seen that before because we just did spring training in Arizona and the ball was moving a hell of a lot different there. Um, So like, I think Kritchuk could have a really big season, I'm not necessarily projecting that, but like I do think it's a pretty decent season, though. Yeah, 260 with 75 ribs and a 257 average. That's pretty nice. That's your fourth third outfielder. So you're Um, clear of the market. He is a free agent. So theoretically, the Rockies could move him at some point. However, uh, but they won't because they're dumb. They're stupid. Exactly. They'll be like, oh, we're going to try to resign him. And then they'll never make an Mm -hmm. effort to resign him. All right. um, I'll give you a few moments here. What is 2023 Brandon Marsh's upside, if any? Now, in fairness to you, extreme fairness, I, you did not get aggro on the projection. I did not. 
I was right very conservative. Yep. Yeah. You're right in line with the market. In fact, we have the same exact dollar value, literally a dollar or not literally mm. 99 cents. Uh, but you have a 63rd. The market is 65. So you 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 took a sober look at him. Mm -hmm. um, but in your heart, in my heart, he he is this year. Cedric Mullins. No, he's not. Um, I think he's going to play every day. And oh, so you're not worried about platoon for Marsh. I'm not super worried about project it. Yeah, only because uh, they're especially once Harper comes back, and I assume they're going to DH Harper a lot. Yeah, but that'll um, be mid. But like even he's getting half a season. But even before then, because I think they're going to DH Derek Hall a lot. Um, they're going to have to play both Schwarber and Cassianos in the outfield. And when you have to play both Schwarber and Cassianos outfield, and you don't want to murder your you need someone to staff, protect them. You need someone like Brandon Marsh to protect him them in center field. Um, and so I think for that reason alone, I think he could see a lot of work against lefties that I you would normally. I think you would normally say, "Oh, you probably can't do. You shouldn't do that." Um, not to mention, like he actually looked like a little bit of a different hitter when he came over. He had it, you know above league average zone contact um you know he was a little bit you you know he was he picked his spots a little bit better to take tax and uh i'm very excited about him i don't think he's got a ton of power so i think like 12 13 home runs is probably what we will see and i think i projected him for like 11 but there is a lot of speed there and if he can get on base at a halfway decent clip like, I think there's a legitimate shot he steals 20-plus. Six starters uh, projected in the NL East lineups, in the NL East rotations, are left-handers right now for Brandon Marsh out of out of the potential 20. That's not terrible. Yeah. Um, and one of them is Patrick Corbin. So, like, you know, he, he could absolutely cr crush him. So, who knows? Brandon Marsh, the speed component is what you really like there. Um, he ended up stealing 10 last year in just 461 plate appearances. If he's playing every day and taking advantage of the, the new rules mm – -hmm. Maybe all of a sudden you're looking at like a 20 burger from, from yeah. if you didn't project it, but it is there. So you are still getting your boy, right? You're still drafting yes, random. Absolutely. Okay. I, I mean, I've, I've sure. already got him on like every team. Already. I figured, I figured, yeah. um, it, will estuary Ruiz hit enough to pile up SBs in Oakland? Man, I, I did his, I did his projection last night and I was, um, it wasn't great, right? It's not. And I can see, I can see the potential for him if he could just have anywhere close to 300 on base percentage for him to be like a 30 plus stolen base guy. Mm -hmm. um, but you gave him a 281 OBP yeah. and only 27 steals. And I get it. I gave him a 292 and 22. Uh, we're way below the market. The market is high on those steals. He's 59th outfielder off the board. Estuary Ruiz in Oakland. Yeah. What? I that's wish casting. That's wish casting like crazy there. And I, I want to be wrong because he's a fun player, but I just don't see it. And you know, you're not going to get like runs and ribbies much either. Cause that lineup right now, he right now he's projected to hit ninth in Oakland. Yeah. And like, that is obviously terrible. So then is Garrett Mitchell a better play then? Yes. Um, because he's not nearly as expensive. He's the 72nd outfielder off the board and he can also run, but he seems like he can hit a bit more. And you already said yes, so expound on on Garrett Mitchell in Milwaukee. I mean, Garrett Mitchell definitely has some swing and miss to his game, mm -hmm. but they they flirted with him as a leadoff hitter late in the season. 
Um, he did strike out 41% of the time, but he only had a 12% swinging strike yeah. rate in that little sample. So I don't think he's quite that bad. I do think he can be an, he'll probably be an upper 20s guy, but he balances it out with a decent eye. He even had a 9% walk rate yeah. in the majors um, in those 68 plate appearances. He had eight steals. He was eight for eight after going nine for nine in AAA. So I'm intrigued by, by yeah, what we've seen out of Gary Mitchell. The strikeout rate was completely fluky. Don't worry about that. I mean, he had uh like a way above average in terms of like good O swing 25.7 percent like we said earlier 33 percent uh is kind of uh league average right now for O swing um he you know, he made just below league average contact at 84 percent um like you said uh a 12 percent swinging strike rate he's not been a you know he's he's had a few like bumps and swing strike rate in the minors but nothing like majorly concerning necessarily mm-hmm. uh, there is power uh i think in that bat there is uh there's definitely speed like when i do my uh this year cedric mullins article he'll be a name on that list okay um i like that so, garrett mitchell out in milwaukee there's there's some there, upside there there are some questions now that they added brian anderson i don't sure. want to like not that Brian Anderson can play center, um, which is but where they I think would, Mitchell. They but would I think things. Yeah, and I think that they will. I think there is a chance if, and I do think Anderson plays a lot more outfield than infield uh, uh, at some point. Though I think maybe at the start, maybe he plays infield. They move Furious over to second, um, and then so B, BA plays third. But yeah. then, as as the season goes, they can mix that. and match. Yeah, exactly. So I think there is definitely more risk than there was maybe two weeks ago, but um, I like Mitchell as a player. Yeah, I, I think there's some intriguing upside there, and then the market is uh, giving you a much more fair price on him than Estuary Ruiz. That's for damn mm-hmm. sure. Um, all right, a couple more things here. Not buying the projection hype of Jose Siri. Uh, Steamer likes him for 17-17. Now, again, they have a rate that puts him there, and then our put pl- our playing time gets him there. But Jeff Zimmerman has talked him up. I've been seeing some other buzz about Jose Siri, and you're just you're just not in on it uh, for Jose Siri. And I understand that the plate skills are probably going to be the main thing that you cite, but uh, you got him way lower than than anything else going on right now. He's your 108th outfielder off the board uh, because you have him hitting 215. I mean, I'm only on for 222. You can't you can't hit home runs if you don't hit. Like hit is part of hit home runs, right? Okay, so the thing. Okay, here's actually our real difference. Before I let you get into it, I'm sorry. Forty seven runs and thirty nine ribbies is the big difference because I got fifty eight, fifty nine on those two, which is not crazy either. But that's really where you tank him. Yeah, like I just don't think he's very good at like, okay i'm not i'm not pushing back like, too hard here like i have a I better mean, projection but i'm not i'm not necessarily caping for siri the plate skills scare the shit out of me 33 percent k rate six percent walk rate for his career that's horrendous like we're i mean we're talking about a guy that i, I want i want to like bring up like actual examples like i don't want to um just like m- like kind of approximate but let's say Jose Siri was um, oh, come on. Uh, let's say Jose Siri had uh, uh, qualified for for the batting title last year, which which obviously he didn't because he he just didn't play enough. So mm-hmm. um, he would have had he would have been tied for the third worst uh, zone contact in all of baseball. You know, right behind Josh Donaldson and Luke Voigt. 
like and they got a, and they got a hell of a lot more power than he does. You know, like uh, his O swing was up among like the top twenty in terms of worst O swing. Uh, like, and this is historical too. Throughout the minors, Jose Siri did these similar things. He did have a nice Triple uh, A season in 2021: 16 homers, 24 steals for Houston, but 31 percent K rate and 7 percent walk rate in Triple A. Like that's he had a 4.36 Babbitt propping him up that year. Now he. You know, and like, okay, so swing and strike rate. Like, he would have had the third worst swing and strike rate in baseball, too. Behind, again, Luke Voigt, who does not have a job in the majors, and Javi Baez, who, like, is Javi Baez. Stop bringing bringing him up, man. That's just me. In his defense, he had a series defense. Okay. In Jose Series defense, and in defense of people like Jeff Zimmerman and and other people who were high on him. Yeah, because earlier you were saying Jeff Zimmerman's a stupid idiot. Don't listen to him. You did say that. Um, the argument for Jose Siri is the argument of the person he's tied for in terms of lowest zone contact rate. Do and know. it's Adelise Garcia. Ah. Is that the defense is so good. He's this year's Adelise. See, this he, is the guy you should be drafting, though. And not theoretic- Adelise Garcia. Theoretically, he is this year's. Okay. Um, That's intriguing. Pro- so if you play in a league where you're punting batting average, um, I think he can, could make a lot of sense. Okay, um, and then maybe but, move up the lineup too if if he does yeah. go a little Adelisa on it and do. The something. problem is one of the big differences um, contextually is that when Adelise was coming up to the Rangers, they had less in the outfield than they do now, which isn't very much. And um, Tampa Bay will find and, somebody to. You know, they've always got somebody. The Rangers weren't always. competing. They could allow him to go up Correct. there and struggle, um, especially because the defense was so good. I don't know that the Rays will allow him to go up there and struggle the way that the Rangers allowed uh, Adelise to do it. Like So, That's like, I, so Jose I put Siri him could for, lose the PT. Yeah, I put Jose Siri for 450 plate appearances, um, okay. which, uh, like, that's not crazy. It's not as crazy as um, other. I'll maybe consider throwing a few more runs and ribbies then. I don't know that I will. Maybe not though. Like what would you put for the runs? 30. Is that the one 39? 47. And then the ribbies were 39. Yeah. Like I'm right. Almost in lockstep with ATC. ATC is 52 and 47. That's a pretty big, as you oh, well know. Sorry, I was looking a, at I was looking at their RBIs and and, and walks. <laughs> oh, as you know that that that's a pretty big difference there. So like, again, I'm not I'm not caping for him. Um, I'm higher than you, but only because my runs and ribbies are so different. I have him for 14 homers, 20 steals. I like the Adelise Garcia comp, and like I said, I'm not paying the Adelise premium at all. I'm fading him so hard. And I wasn't paying the Adelise premium. Uh, last year, right? In or, fairness, in- there wasn't a premium. Again, I think people oh, sorry, are sorry, the-, the year before. Wait, no, I, no, I think people ahead. are making the mistake of like, well, we missed on him last year, so let's get back in. I'm like, no. He outperformed last year. Good for him and good for you if you got him at a fair price. Don't pay the premium now. Go I don't think there's a else. massive premium. It's a, but it's I- a colossal premium, in my opinion. Where do you no. think he's going? What outfielder do you think he is off the mm, board? 20-something. That's fucking insane. It's it's just because outfield is so bad. No, man. He's bad. He's bad. 
I'm trying to save y'all from yourselves. Have He's fun. Carlos Gomez. Have fun. Okay, and Carlos Gomez eventually just the fell first apart. Round pick. Yeah, He's he did, already he late, Carlos yeah. Gomez. And I fell for that, right? I'm, this is PTSD. I remember, here. yeah. yeah. I, I loved Carlos Gomez. Like, love, loved. I took him in the first round. I was a dumbass. So but I the know thing how about, this the goes. The thing about Garcia is he's going to play. Luis Garcia he, is going to play no matter what. Like he, but he can be bad. So yes, he is going to play no matter what. But what if he, he can hurt? His batting average can actively hurt you. That's what I'm saying. He can hit 215. I was going to say, if you're punting bag, batting average, you don't care about it. But I'm not paying the 16. I would rather just get Siri. Oh, I'm not paying it either. But uh, I would rather just get Siri or other guys that are similar to that. But I like the Siri comp there that he could be similar to that. All right, I got one more thing here. I know we're approaching two hours. I know people like the long ones anyway, so no one's going to be too mad about that. Uh, but no love for Oswaldo Cabrera to play in New York. You basically just, just don't have him playing. I, I mean, I didn't know what to do in terms of his play appearances. Like, I like him. I like him a lot. But, like, is he actually going to play? I, um, I think because so, he says he's a util and he can play infield outfield because I don't yeah, really their infield in is, their infield is but his Josh Donaldson's defense is is still pretty good and he's got the contract Josh Donaldson's going to play as long as he's healthy and unfortunately for the Yankees he has been healthy the last two years for the most part he's gotten over 500 plate appearances each of the last two years so um, okay but that's only 132 he played 132 games last year so there's 30 games there. But then there's some there's room in the outfield. Well, Aaron, maybe Aaron some Nick of those Rowe. thirty games go to Isaiah Kiner Falefa. Shut the or, fuck up uh, on D- Isaiah Kiner Falefa. DJ LeMayhew. Like, DJ LeMayhew is just going to play every day. But you can't play everybody every day, and that is like I like Cabrera, um, but I just are don't you sure? Know. Like Oswald Peraz is taking the SS job, right? I, why did I say SS is. instead of shortstop? What a dork! I think Peraz is okay. So then. My my main my main guy would then be Aaron Hicks, who I've loved previously. But did I did you we, not hear the Aaron Hicks interview? No, what happened? He is said he's going to go thirty thirty this year just to give it back to the fans. Suck my ass with that! <laughs> Get out of here! You know what? I hope he does. I and love I'll, confidence. I'll root but... for him every step of the way, but ain't no fucking way that's happening. No. I'll take a board bet with Aaron Hicks, not with yeah. you, with Aaron Hicks specifically. If he has thirty games played, though. thirty, yeah, he yeah. meant thirty. That's what he meant. Thirty games, thirty, 30 walks. I, okay, 30, I will. I'll 30, give him thirty that. plate appearances, thirty at bats. Uh, I'll give him that. Uh, he will get thirty. Yeah, 30 I, that should, way. I should probably bump up. Now let because me let me he let me will give mine find, He will find. Because there'll be injuries. That's an old yeah, thing. Look, I know we just got hyped on Giancarlo Stanton, but we're not dumb enough to think that he can't play 52 games, right? Like that mm-hmm. that is in the cards, and it's not even a crazy outlier scenario. I got I got Oswaldo Cabrera for 430 plate appearances. I'm not going uh, bananas on him, but I like him. I, I did go a little too high on the ru- homers and uh, the homers specifically. I put 19. That's a little aggro, but I like Oswaldo Cabrera, man. I've been getting him in all my DCs. He's mad cheap, 79th outfielder off the board. But you got him 123. Uh, I got him 46. I got him. I got to move him down a little bit. But I really do like him, and I do think he's going to find 46? that. 46. Yeah, that's crazy. That, that is a little uh, wild. Again, I went 19, yeah, 17 on the on. The I think homers. I. I think I'm going to uh, bump up his projection a little bit. I'm it, down it, to 15 homers. Maybe I'll get him up to like, I don't know, 420 for 50. Plate appearances and that all. I, I know we referenced this um, maybe at second base or first base because he qualifies at, at both. People are going to make the same DJ LeMahieu mistake again, aren't they? Because he's he's once again projected to not play by roster resource. And I understand. And there is it is a tough fit right now. 
Um, but there's no way that DJ LeMahieu doesn't play, right? You talk about a contract. He's got a contract. Yeah, he's going to play. He's healthy. Day. He's going to play, isn't he? I mean, he's it's going to be what we saw last season, which is like, hey, today you're playing third base. Tomorrow mm-hmm. you're playing first base. Hey, this day you're, you're second base. Then you're going to DH. Then, um, And then somebody will get hurt, and we will that's find the thing. A, yeah, Some bodies will get hurt, and that's why I believe my boy Oswaldo is going to play. I am lowering that home run projection so i'm not going to have him 46th anymore that was a little aggro but i i stand by the 17 steals and 246 average i don't think that's out of pocket yeah i have him for a little bit lower average i think i'm for like 230 something um, and that, that's fair with a young guy to, to be yeah. cautious on average because that's something that you know can can you can go into slumps you can have issues etc etc so i kind of split the difference between what his batting average was last year and uh what his xba was um I think I'm down to 53, so I'm still I'm still up there. But mm-hmm. uh, 430 plate appearances, 15 homers, 17 steals, 246 average. I like me some Oswaldo, and you do not have to pay anywhere near that price. Yeah. So even if you think I'm wish casting, you can still get him. He's the 79th outfielder off the board, infield outfield capability. I think he's a great DC play, Oswaldo Cabrera in New York. All right, we will do one more episode um, about outfielders, and they will just be. They'll try to be quick hitters, but they'll be a Good, lot because my boy, like we didn't even talk about him. Like I thought, Edward uh, Oliveris. No, but we didn't talk oh. about him either. Uh, T.J. Friedel, baby, like Friedel. We got to get some Friedel in there. We got to get yeah. some. You want to talk about? Oh yeah, you got him forty seventh. My, my comp would be Edward Oliveris on that. I have him 39th after the Michael A. Taylor trade. Wow. Am I am I crazy? I put you 15, are. 15, 18 with the two sixty. Tell I think the 18 come. might be a little bit. Honestly, 15 might be a little bit crazy. Not crazy, but a little bit. Well, because because the park, I get it, but yeah. I, I feel like they can't demote him 52 times this year. I think he has to finally. He's got to be out of options at this point. I right? fucking hope so. Yeah, I, I'm 99% sure that he is, but I'll, yeah. I'll check. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll do one more, and we'll get into a bunch. Of, oh, he has one more option. So, never mind. I'll project be. him for 15 plate yeah. appearances. Never mind. Yeah. Forget everything I said about that. But uh, yeah, speaking of guys who Avisel Garcia and someone's wife, like he did something. Yeah. Remember that year that they did? Then they, they instituted a rule because yeah, of yeah. how much can, he got screwed. You can over. only send someone down five times five in the times season now. because they sent him down. I think eight or nine times. I think it, it was, was nuts. I want to say. Mitch White was the other one. It was one pitcher, one hitter, and they're like, mm-hmm. "This is some bullshit, y'all. You got to stop doing this to these guys." The frequent flyer miles he should have gotten, like you know. But I'm sure they, but you know, it's it a just, close trip. It's KC. It's, it's Omaha, so like they probably bust. just they bust him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, we got to talk about some other guys too, like Oscar Colas. I'm sure people will be interested in Leody Tavares. If we haven't talked about an outfielder that you want us to. Put that in the comments here or on Twitter. I'll make sure that they get on the rundown as long as I see it. But, uh, yeah, we'll do a bunch of other outfielders to wrap it up. Been a lot of fun chatting with you. Nice little two-hour episode for the weekend for folks. You with Justin on Sunday or Jason? Uh, Yes. Guest? Yes. Who we got? I believe it is Moonshots DFS. Ooh, excellent. That should be a lot of fun. And today, Friday, if you're listening to this day of – 9 p.m. Eastern, you're going to be on PitchCon predicting all the 2023 award winners with Janice Scirio and Ellen Adair. What a panel there. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm on... Your lovely wife at 5 Eastern will be doing the evolution of curses, rituals, and superstitions of baseball. I'm very excited for both y'all. Not just because you guys are two of my best friends, but the topics are very cool. 
yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm really excited. I, I don't think I've ever talked to Janice, or maybe I have. I can't remember. Uh, but, I mean, obviously, we know Ellen really well. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm also going to be on the Fantasy Ace Ball podcast uh, and um, in the cut with Ryan Venasio and nice. uh, John Fish. I'm doing both of those today. Okay. Um, and I was just on, if you want to hear me in peak form, because I was just on it. Are you going uh, crazy? The triple A uh, triple play podcast I did Wednesday night, um, and I feel show. like I did some of my best work. Okay, uh, there. That's a good. So. That's a good promotion there. Okay, so you guys got plenty of us right now. We are in our season, right? This I always talk about how the Super Bowl puts the final cap on it, but we're already in that full part of the season here. Baseball mm-hmm. is back as far as we're concerned. So, if you're with us, we're everywhere right now. Justin, have a wonderful weekend. I'll talk to you later. Take it easy.